Hey, Wonder Rob. Hey, Shoff. Look, I found the perfect place for our podcast retreat. Let me read this little blurb about it. Here we go. All right. It's a small village in the country of Europe. Okay. Uh, it's got colorful locals, interesting wildlife. It's got a winery in the freaking basement, dude. That's straight bussing right there. It's hosted by a colossal wine enthusiast and her three enchanting daughters. But they say, don't worry, they won't bug you during their stay. Uh, it also says here there's plenty of dolls if you have children. And uh, it says, don't worry if you forget your toiletries because the local Duke has a portly selection of supplies. A uh, truckload, if you will. Uh, it says here, do you like puzzles? Good. So do we. We love them to death. And it says, come visit Castle Dimitrescu today. Rest while you can, because I will hunt you, and I will break you. Come on, shop. Well, it's time to record now. Yeah, Wonder Rob, I just can't wait to record now. We met on stage because we like to perform now. We're best of friends co-hosting all of our shows now. It's time to celebrate our energy. With new shows for you to blast every freaking week. Come on, shop. It's time to let our geek speak. I hear you, Rob. My geek speak has great attack. We will love Marvel. DC's okay. Our content rocks. Geek news all day. Welcome back, fellow geeks, for another episode of Geek So To Speak podcast, your source for all things geek. We're talking movies, we're talking TV shows, we're talking comics, we're talking video games, we're talking geek news, we're talking everything in between. And this week is no different. I am your co-host, Wonder Rob, coming at you live, well, semi-live, because this is a recording, from Southern California, and on the line with me from snowy Colorado, my best friend in the whole wide world, the yin to my yang, the uh, the duke to my Ethan. Yes, let's go with that. I really should have wrote this down before we started. It's Schaff. How's it going, Schaff? <laughs> it's going pretty good, Wonder Rob. How you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just recovering from a very spooky week of video game playing because we have been playing Resident Evil Village. Mm-hmm. We sure and did. We, yeah, we sure have. And we have lots, lots to talk about when it comes to that game. But... We'll put a pin in that for now because we got to do some bookkeeping, all the normal stuff at the top of the show. First and foremost, if this is your first time listening, do us a personal favor. Hit the subscribe button on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on. You know, the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. I hear people still use SoundCloud, but it's on the way out. So maybe this will be the last time I mention it. 
If you're a loyal listener, you're back again. Well, thank you. You are, like I always say every week, our podcast fluffers. It's your job to to fluff us up and make us rock hard. So we're ready to <laughs> penetrate your ears oh. and squirt our nerdy opinions all over the inside of your brain. So <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for that. <laughs> Maybe maybe I won't say that anymore either. <laughs> That's two for two on the podcast. But in all seriousness, thank you. Whether it's your first time or you're a loyal listener and you're back for the 154th time, we thank you. If you haven't already left us a review on the old Apple podcast, why don't you do that? We're going to give you a special sexy shout out on the show. You know you want it. Your pants will be tight. Our pants will be tight. Everybody's pants. Well, they'll be practically ripping off of our bodies and your bodies and everybody's bodies. Everybody's Everybody bodies. bodies. And in case you didn't know, shop. Body, I don't yaddy, think you yaddy, know yaddy, this. Yaddy, 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 yaddy. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> Topical reference, shop. Did you know that if you're one of the people who listen to us on Apple Podcasts, first and foremost, we're still back at the number one spot when you search geek news on apple Podcasts. oh feels so good it was a whole dramatic thing for the past few weeks but we're back on top but if you have the apple podcast app you can open the app you can go to your subscriptions you can find geek so to speak and on the page there's a review button all you got to do is give it five stars you can type in your review shoot you can just do emojis if you want but if you review us it helps our followership it helps us climb the charts helps us get exposure and that's what we really want we want the exposure we've been here for this long and we want to be here for even longer we want to do another 154 episodes for you we'd really like to quit our day jobs and just do this you know like just just plan on you know recording a podcast maybe every day because that's our job now like because that's our like our thing but that only happens if our listeners keep building us up and boosting us and sharing and telling people and saying nice things, we need all that stuff. So we need you. We need you. I couldn't have said it better myself, Shaf. That's why I call them the fluffers. Because they fluff <laughs> us up. If you, listener, have anything you want to suggest for us to talk about, you want us to review a video game, a movie, you have a geek movie torture suggestion for us, you want to submit a news article for us to talk about, all you got to do is email us at geeksotospeakpodcast at gmail.com, and we will take that into consideration. Uh, we have a social media promo in the middle of the show, and we a social media plug at the end, but we started a brand new venture this week. I'll get into it a little more when we review Resident Evil Village, but we did start an official, two official Twitch accounts, you guys. Mm-hmm. I'm going to tease you with that information, but we'll talk about it more during the Resident Evil review. Okay. Shoot, man. We got all that out of the way. Now it's time to get down to the nitty gritty. We're going to talk a lot of geek news today. But before we get there, my favorite part of the show. Well, the whole thing's my favorite. But my favorite part of the show that's at the beginning of a, each show. Shaf and I, we are best friends. You listened to the theme song. It was our origin story, practically. We talk to each other every day. But... 
For the sake of the podcast, we like to pretend that we don't know what's going on in each other's lives every week. So, Shaf, tell me, how's your week been, buddy? <laughs> All right. Well, let's see here. I'll tell you what. This past week, it's kind of interesting. Normally, I will have had all sorts of time to spend doing random things like doing geeky stuff, reading comic books, playing video games, watching cool stuff on TV or whatever movies. This week was packed with either work, caring for a very, uh, um, a very lovely but super teething baby. She's 10 months old and she's teething like nobody's business. So she's got eight or nine teeth now. Um, I think the molars are probably going to be next. And those I hear are, those I hear are rough. Um, but so if it wasn't for work, if it wasn't for, um, you know, hang, uh, spending time with my significant other, my fiance, Sarah, as well as our, our child, Emily, uh, then the other time that I had was spent playing resident evil village. <laughs> yes. Uh, and if I wasn't playing it, I was watching wonder Rob's stream on Twitch. So I was living resident evil village for the past week. I mean, almost what a great week. Almost, I bet. Yeah, what a almost great exclusively. Week. I mean, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've sh- I've shit my pants uh, over the past week. Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought you laundry. meant just in your life in general. Well, no, no, just over the past week. Yeah, uh, just lots of laundry having to be done because of uh, so much Resident Evil uh, stuff. Um, but what I will say is, um, this past Sunday was Mother's Day, and oh, yeah. uh, it was Sarah's first Mother's Day with uh, Emily outside of the womb. Uh, so it was, uh, it was great to celebrate, uh, Sarah for just being the amazing mom that she is. And, um, uh, you know, I wasn't really sure what to get her for a gift. Uh, obviously jewelry was a good option, but I was, funds were a little bit tight. So I was, I knew jewelry was not going to happen this time around. So, uh, plus her birthday was on May 1st. So it's like really super duper close. And, and wonder, Rob, I think you understand this because, Mother's Day and your wedding anniversary were like days apart. They're in so, the same week. <laughs> so you understand this too. It was a, like a lot all at one time. What an idiot I was. I didn't think <laughs> ahead when I was planning the wedding. <laughs> so so you get it. But um so funds were funds were a little bit tighter than than usual. So what I, I did instead is I found this website and they make custom socks. And, okay. and so you, you can upload like a picture and they'll put the, the like a person's face on the socks and you can choose how many faces you want, blah, blah, blah. And it's like a really crisp photo and you can then have um, like a message on the socks. And so I had the message say number one mom. And so mm-hmm. the, that was like tiled uh, as like a pattern across the sock. And I chose a yellow sock and then I chose a really smiley picture of Emily um, and I uploaded it and sent it off. I'm like, who knows what these are going to look like? I get them back. I had to, I had, first of all, had to order with like the top shipping speed just so they would arrive in time for mother's day. But she opens on Monday uh, on uh, mother's day morning and, um, <laughs> she starts laughing. They look, it's ridiculous how photo accurate, like it's like a crisp high resolution face of, of Emily's face. And it's a bunch of them just like, uh, tiled across the sock. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Sarah, of course, put them on when we got ready, uh, to go take a walk around the lake. 
and she made sure her socks were pulled up real high so that uh, Emily's face was visible from any angle. And I can't tell you how many people stopped us on the our walk around the lake and were like, oh my gosh, those socks are amazing. We were in the grocery store, people were stopping us. And then of course we're with Emily. So we would turn around and, and Emily would be smiling too. And so she would like, they would like make the connection. That's her. Like, it's that, this baby a, right here. These socks are incredible. So I knew in that moment with the amount of people that stopped and enjoyed the socks, I was like, I made a good choice. I, I did good on Mother's Day because it could have been anything else. It might not have gotten the recognition that funny baby face socks got. So, so yeah. Awesome. It, was a pl- it was a win. It was a win. <laughs> awesome. I got to um, see these socks, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send a picture. Uh, but yeah, so that was my uh, that was my week. I don't have a whole lot to say because the bulk of it's going to be in our discussion about Resident Evil uh, Village. So we'll go for that. But Wonder Rob, what about you? Your past oh. week, I know, equally filled with Resident Evil. But what else you got going on? Well, like I always say, always busy with work. So we'll put that at the top. But in my in my very limited free time this week, uh, to be perfectly transparent, it's been mostly Resident Evil, you guys, and venturing into the world of Twitch. And when I'm not playing Resident Evil or thinking about Twitch, I was thinking about playing Resident Evil because I've been having so much fun playing Resident Evil. This is going to be a very positive Resident Evil review on my end, if you couldn't already tell. Uh, (laughs) But I'm definitely enjoying it. But I did get one new thing this week. And you know what, Shaf? I meant to have it right here in front of me. But like a dummy, I didn't grab it before we started recording. Um, It's right on the other side of this wall. I'm going to step away for a second. Vamp. Do it. Okay. So Wonder Rob is is going back out into his main office, which is just full of tons of Ninja Turtles figures. He's got a bunch of new art. Um, I saw a Mario Kart, uh, like, framed art. It looked amazing. But I don't have my earbuds in. He's back. He's getting his earbuds in right now. And he is now back in front of us, ready to tell us all all about what he just got. Okay, Shaf. So I got a new toy this week. It, it was, it's not a, a terribly expensive toy or anything, but I listen to this. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts, Shaf. One in particular is called DLC, which is a video game podcast. Uh, it's similar to our show, but it's mainly just video game news. And one of the co-hosts every week is talking about games he's playing on his iPhone. You know, he's... He's playing this or he's playing that and he's having a good time and he keeps talking about his backbone, his backbone. He likes playing games on his backbone. And I think, like, what the heck is a backbone, you guys? So I looked I know what it, it is. up. It's a controller. Yeah. Shaf. And what do I have? It's You got a, a backbone. A backbone, you guys. I ordered a backbone for my phone. It's it has the feel of a, a regular controller. I would put it between somewhere like if the Nintendo Switch and the PlayStation uh, smooshed and had a baby. And that's what it feels like. It's got all the buttons. You know, it's got two shoulder buttons on the left and on the right. It's got all four buttons, two controller sticks, and it expands, Shaf. Can you hear it? Oh, hear so it it'll expand? fit whatever size phone you so got. So it'll okay. fit whatever size phone you got. Now, the, the main reason I was interested in this, I don't do a lot of mobile 
gaming. I haven't been a mobile gamer in terms of taking portables with me in a long time. I don't really play on my phone. Of course, I have the Switch, but, you know, that thing is pretty much a Nintendo machine, and it is currently collecting dust <laughs> in its dock until the next big Nintendo game comes out, probably Mario Golf. But the thing that was really intriguing me about this was because I have on my phone, let me just get to it right now real quick, the PS Remote Play app, Shaf. Oh. That essentially, you can stream the games from your PlayStation 4 or your PlayStation 5 to your phone, and normally you would have to use a, the touch screen on your phone to, to make it work, but you can plug this sucker in and turn it on, and dude, it's like I'm it's like I got a little Nintendo Switch. Are you saying you've already tried it? I've already tried it. And you tried it with what game? I started with Astro's Playroom. Okay. Just out of curiosity, looks great. I had to get a new phone. Uh, I told you this last was it last week when I had to get a new phone. My other phone was pretty much kaput, so I had to go and get a new phone. So I got the I got the new phone. Looks great on the screen. But it, it plays really well. It has, at least for me, it's almost one-to-one. -one. I can't tell if I'm imagining that there's a tiny, the tiniest, tiniest lag in the input. But it wasn't enough to hinder the experience. So I did Astro's Playroom, and that was pretty good. But then I, awesome. went, I went into Spider-Man, Miles <sighs> Morales. And now... That's where it was real good. Uh, again, it felt like it was just the tiniest little skin of your teeth leg, but I can't really tell if I was imagining it or not. Is there any way to calibrate the controller? If there is, I haven't figured it out yet. I've only, okay. I only just got it, um, but I wanted to, to play with it. But my, here's what I'm really interested in doing. So your, your PlayStation has to be in sleep mode or rest mode, if your PlayStation is off, if I pull up the PlayStation app, it's not going to turn on. But if my PlayStation is in sleep mode, it'll communicate with the PlayStation. It'll it'll calibrate the network. Can it communicate? Is it strong enough to communicate? And then eventually it'll turn on the PlayStation and you're good to go. So what I was thinking about, and this is... In hindsight, because I'm about to say it out loud and I realize how bad it's going to sound. <laughs> you did say that this week was my wedding anniversary, which it was. Three years with my wife. We had a, Congratulations. a very lovely day. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we didn't do anything special on our anniversary because it was a work day. We got Lincoln, our boy, this, set and the other. But not this weekend, not this upcoming weekend that we're currently going into. But I booked us a trip for next weekend. We're just going to go out to Newport. We uh, we went out there one time before, but we're going to go out there again and just have a nice weekend for our anniversary. But anyway, I got this and I was like, this will be perfect for when we're in Newport. <laughs> <laughs> for my anniversary trip. For my trip. <laughs> anniversary trip. So I, She's going to love watching me play this. It's going to be fantastic. So you bet, you bet I'm going to bring this with me and I'm going to test it far away because i'm curious if you have to far be on away wifi. i'm gonna test it far away from my wife <laughs> <laughs> you have to be on wi-fi 
And so I'm going to I'm going to connect to the hotel's Wi-Fi and I'm going to see will it wake my PlayStation and will it let me play my game. And then later in about a month, Shaf, I'm going to Jamaica. I might even take it to Jamaica if it works in Newport and just it's see true. if I can't connect to my PlayStation and play my games while I'm on a tropical island. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. We'll, Anyways, we'll see if you're still we'll see if you're still married two months from see now. See <laughs> if I make it to, to year four. That's yeah. the that's the goal. So I'm very I'm so far so good. I'm pleased with this little toy. They're not terribly expensive. Um so I'll give you I'll give you my full review of the backbone, not next week, but the week after that when I come back from Newport and I'll I'll let you know. Did it? It kind of sounds like you're cocking a gun or like, uh, Almost, like a shotgun. Right? Give it me really a does. Give me a mini second. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm putting it down so I don't keep fidgeting with it while we're recording. Uh, but outside of that, that was probably the biggest main thing out of my week outside of playing Resident Evil. Like, this was a very big week. I've been looking forward to Resident Evil for a long time, so I spent most of my time getting into that game and telling my wife, hey, I'm going to go play Resident Evil. And she's like, fine. <laughs> go play your game <laughs> you know real quick it's funny you say that it's um i was a little worried with the amount of time i knew i was going to have to invest in this game so um because obviously you know i'm working all day uh i try to do as much as i can to help sarah out during the day with with emily because we don't have any daycare there's no there's no nannies or anything yet we've got a nanny set up for maybe a couple weeks from now well she'll be starting in maybe like three or four days a week here at the house but um, is it going to be a nanny or is it going to be an au pair? What's that? What's the difference? Au pair lives lives at your home. Oh, I no, mean, no. It, not an au pair then. It's going to be a nanny. She lives okay. in uh, Fort Collins nearby, but about 20 minutes away. So, okay. um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to having some support in that regard. Uh, but, um, you know, knowing I was going to have to commit so much time to this, I wanted to make sure that she was going to be okay with me spending that, that much time away. And so I was, I definitely made sure to like, let her know ahead of time, like, babe, when Rob made this deal. All right. He, he said, he says, he's going to buy me this game. But the, the understanding is that I'm going to put in at least eight hours of gameplay time. Now, I want to preface that neither of us, neither Wait, Wonder Rob nor I, don't, don't spoil the info yet. We'll save all this for okay. when we review it. Okay, fine. All right. Well, I won't go into it, but um, yeah, but I, I just, I was so pleased and it was so nice to that she was so supportive and she was so interested and engaged in our Twitch. Like she was so excited that we were broadcasting. She's been talking like the past week, she's been like, you guys got to do this for your Patreon. You guys should do this for your Patreon. She has all these great ideas for our Patreon. So we got to get oh. going on the Patreon. Is so. she going to be our project manager? She's an entrepreneur. Let me tell you, she she can make something happen for sure. So. All right, all right. Our upcoming Patreon, maybe our live streams will be, you know, that's not a bad idea. We'll see. We'll we'll put that on the back burner, but that's not a bad idea. But that was my week. Sounds like you had just as fun of a week as I did. Yeah. But we'll get more into that when we review Resident Evil in just a little bit. Again, we're gonna get to the geek news, but loyal listeners know we got one more piece of housekeeping to take care of. We do have a corrections department, you guys. Very rarely do we get something wrong on the show, but on the off chance that maybe 
we mispronounce somebody's name because that's one thing our corrections department really loves to tell us. Or we get the tiniest, tiniest little fact wrong. He's there to let us know. He uh, he revels in it. He loves it like a like a pig in the mud. He's the pig, although he's very svelte and lean. But he's the pig, and the corrections is the mud. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves to roll around in them. So, Shaf, you've got the corrections for last week's episode. I personally never look into the corrections because I likes to be surprised. But tell me, what did the corrections department have to say about last week's episode where we talked about uh, it was the Bad Batch? Star That's Wars. That's right. Star the Wars, Batch. the Bad Batch. Yeah. Well, quick shout out to our corrections department. You know, Mark was actually, uh, he's been on various gigs and he happened to be going to Target for one of his, uh, his production gigs that he does. And he scored me a couple of Funko Pops and they just arrived today. What? Uh, what? Gambit. What? This is brand yeah. new information. Well, it was in the text thread, but you kind of have been a little distant in the text thread. So you didn't <laughs> I know was about being it. sarcastic. Oh, okay, cool. Okay. So was I. I'm not so distant. <laughs> I'm playing Resident Evil. That's true. You have a good excuse. You have a good excuse. No, yeah. So I got um, it's uh, Pop Marvel 798 and. 800 and these are the uh blacklight editions of gambit and rogue and they are really really cool i haven't taken them out of the box yet so that'll be something i i do tomorrow but they the colors are super vibrant and they they of course glow in the dark due to the the um uh the blacklight situation or or rather with a blacklight they they glow i should say now all you need is a blacklight Oh, I mean, I don't have one in the room, but we do have a blacklight flashlight that we purchased back when we were living in Sedona because the cats peed everywhere in the house and we had to figure out where they peed. So you have to use like a blacklight to figure out that stuff. Comes in handy for scorpions too, I'm told. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but it worked out really well for us to find all the pee stains from uh, the two cats. And we also had a dog at that time too. So, um... (laughs) <laughs> so I, I shined it earlier when I got it. But anyways, that was a quick shout out to Mark. Thank you so much for getting those for me. I appreciate it. Are you going to take those Funkos out of the box? I am, but I'm going to keep the boxes because they're the boxes are really, really cool. All right. Um, I just I, I want to see the colors more because they're kind of hidden inside this box. But um, but yeah, the boxes are staying. They'll, they'll just stand in front of their boxes, I think, is how it'll do. So. I can dig it. I can dig it. All right, so corrections from episode 153, Star Wars, The Bad Batch. I've got a a few things uh, to talk about. He says, when speaking about the Marvel Phase 4 teaser trailer, Schaff stated Blade would begin filming in July 2021. I was wrong. It will actually begin filming a year later in July 2022. So fuck me for being wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect reaction. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The next one is when discussing the Super Mario Brothers animated movie that Illumination is making. Illumination Entertainment did not make Trolls, as Rob said. Trolls was produced by DreamWorks Animation. First of all, I said, did they make? I said it like a question. Trolls? (laughs) I was asking. So get off my nuts. That's right. Pay attention to the punctuation, brah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to the tone of my voice. Go to the right, videotape. 
let's yeah, let's roll that footage. No, I'm not going to roll that footage. But you can, if you want to listen back to that section uh, in the podcast last week, go ahead. Check it out. Um, when discussing Star Wars The Bad Batch, Schaff said that both he and Rob did not watch Star Wars The Clone Wars. Yep. And our corrections department thinks that this is a mistake and that they <laughs> should watch it and that it needs to be corrected as soon as possible. Uh, and uh, my arch nemesis, Vactor, agrees. Again with the bringing my arch nemesis into this. He's not corrections department junior he doesn't get a say in these corrections he's not on payroll <laughs> he's got his own podcast <laughs> that's true <laughs> protocol shout 13 Short out to order 13 which is not order 13 you keep doing that <laughs> it's protocol 13 all right um okay so yeah we don't we didn't watch Clone Wars. We don't watch a lot of animation. That's your that's your deal. Yeah, we uh, like Star Wars, but animation, that's a tough pill to swallow. For me, for me it is. It's got to be real good yeah. for me to want to well, swallow Well, and, and, and uh, quick, quick, extremely quick backstory on Mark Vibbert. He previously had a podcast called Animation Fascination, and we're, he, we're looking to make sure that he revives that in the, in the near future uh, and brings the return of animation fascination because he does have a fascination for animation and uh manga or not manga hentai (laughs) that's me Uh, that's me (laughs) oh shoot you're right dang (laughs) (laughs) that stepmother manga just get me started on that (laughs) all right um shaf asked how many years before a new hope the series the bad batch took place and the corrections department uh, provided this insight. He said it is set 19 years before the events of episode four. So, okay. So there we go. Um, now this next one is extremely long, so I want you to bear with me. But oh boy, um, yeah, this is I've never seen a correction this long. So just uh, yeah, <laughs> this ought to be good. All right, I'm ready. This ought to be good. He said in the technicalities of clones doing it with one another. Strictly speaking, clones could not be of the opposite sex. Clones share all of their DNA. If two people are of the opposite sex, one would have two X chromosomes, while the other would have one X and one Y. However, you could get very close to clones if the female clone has two copies of the male's X chromosome. The only genetic difference would be that the male has a Y chromosome that the female does not. I'm going to start talking really fast to move along with this. Proceeding with the answer from this point, the offspring would not be genetically identical to the clone parents. You have two copies of each of your genes, one from each parent. If two copies are exactly the same, you are homogeneous for that uh, for that gene. If you have two slightly different versions, you are heterogeneous for that gene. Let's say you have a certain gene with alleles, gene versions A and A for a certain gene, and that's capital A, lowercase a. If the clone parents are homogeneous, they have double A, capitalized, or lower uh, lower A, whatever, double A, lowercase. Um, and then their offspring would be the same for that gene. However, if the clone parents are heterogeneous, they have uh, big A, little a, and baby could have double A, Big A, little A, or little A, little A. In other words, the baby of the clones would be different from the parents of the genes of the parents who are heterogeneous. This baby would not be a clone. This one circumstance is when the offspring would be genetically identical to the clone parents if their parents were homogeneous in every single gene. (sighs) You know who's a homogeneous? RuPaul. (laughs) I love Drag Race. (laughs) RuPaul's got something good going. Uh, 
That was an answer to the question if if a boy clone and a girl clone of the same person could have what would happen if they had a baby. And that was a very long-winded answer, but kudos <laughs> to our corrections department. Yeah, he went straight like into the Punnett squares of he like he like pulled out his biology book from when he was in high school and he's flipping to that page where they've got the whole chromosomes and stuff. Oh my gosh, he dug deep for this one. So Yeah, kudos. Good job, buddy. You were right. I did like that answer. He he get, he reached out to me and told me, you're going to like my answer to the <laughs> can clones have sex with each other? And if so, what would happen question? So good job. <laughs> and good that's job. all the corrections that we have. All right. Well, <laughs> always end on a high note with those corrections. That's what I like. <laughs> Speaking of a high note, you guys, not only does our corrections department chime in every week to give us corrections but since we talk about them so much we finally decided hey let's give them a voice let's give them just a, a, the tiniest opportunity to to make as much as he can of his opinions and so that's what we've done loyal listeners know it's time for our latest segment called in review with the corrections department Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another In Review with the Corrections Department. Uh, this week, I'm going to talk about a recent visit me and my son made to the movie theater to see the 10th anniversary of Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. It was playing in Dolly Atmos. This is a movie that him and I both love. I actually got to see it about 11 years ago at San Diego Comic-Con uh, when they did like a premiere there with Edgar Wright and most of the cast. It was, And it's been one of my favorite movies ever since I've seen it. I love Edgar Wright as a director of his style of filmmaking which is really on display in this movie scott pilgrim with all the visuals in it it really lends itself to his style i i love like all the different colors in it and the way that he decides how the angles and how he shoots the film just love everything about it uh, all the casting in that movie is great michael Sarah is uh, amazing as scott pilgrim in it i love that as well and this is another thing that I share my love of something with, with my son. Um, I've introduced him to the comic books for Scott Pilgrim, and he really loves the movie too. And we've also played the, the side-scrolling uh, like 8-bit video game that they did for the, the movie as well. And it's just a, a really fun movie. Definitely suggest it to anyone that hasn't seen it, which unfortunately when it did come out originally 11 years ago it didn't really do that well at the box office but it's kind of become a cult hit since then so if you haven't seen it yet definitely go watch scott pilgrim versus the world uh, but that's it for me this week and back to rob and Shaw. all right scott pilgrim versus the world Shaw, did you go see this in theaters too or was it Am I misremembering that? Or was it because you were reading the comics? No, you were playing the game. You had you had some recent recent <laughs> Scott Pilgrim experience. I did. Uh, I mean, I've, I I have the game on Nintendo Switch because it got re-released or remastered, so I downloaded it. I'd never played it before that, so this was the first time for me. I think it came out on PS3. I never owned a PS3, so um, never had a chance to play it. Um, but I, so I have the game. Uh, I do have two out of six of the graphic novels. Um, I'm still looking for the rest, but also they're kind of pricey because I'm getting the hardcovers with like their color edition. So they're they're not easy to find, especially since they're out of print. So you have to kind of really pay out the nose for some of them. 
uh, especially volume three is apparently like impossible to find. Um, probably cause it's got a, uh, a good looking, um, uh, animated girl on the cover. Ooh. Um, that's oh, what yeah. we like. Oh yeah. Um, and then also I have seen the movie multiple times, but never in the theaters. Uh, I actually, after listening to his thing, I might, if it's still playing in the theaters, I might go check it out because I do like that movie. It's fun. I don't know if it is or not. You'll have to check. Yeah, it's a great movie. I remember I not too long ago I sat my wife down and made her watch it for the first time and she she watched it. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, Sarah did not enjoy it either. I had her try to watch it. She got through maybe like 10, 15 minutes and she was like, I don't think this is for me. <laughs> <laughs> my wife made it about halfway through. She she got she got about halfway through the evil X's and then decided she didn't want to watch anymore. <laughs> so at least she, she put in the effort. That's, that's what I can do. She usually doesn't do that for stuff outside of Marvel. So good on her. Good on her. All right. We've talked about our week's shop. We've caught up with the corrections department. So the old clock on the wall tells me that it's time for geek news. Geek news. Nude news. Nude news. Okay, so as is tradition around here, whoever is hosting the episode on any given week, me in this instance, likes to give the opportunity, nay, the privilege of the first geek news story to the co-host, which is you, Shaf. So tell me what's been going on this week in geek news. All right, so uh, geek news. Let's see. Well, the first story I want to talk about today is actually a story involving Zack Snyder. Whoa! So, yeah. First of all, not the story I thought you would pick. <laughs> but all right, <laughs> let's do it. Tell us about Zack Biter, Black Nighter, <laughs> Black Slider, whatever his oh, name man. is. <laughs> so uh, he was recently interviewed by Bro Bible, good old Bro Bible, friends of the show. I, I'm, I'm not really sure who Bro Bible is, but we're going to... Brobile, I think, is how you pronounce it. Brobible. Bro, <laughs> bro, bro Biblioteca. Um, my internet is really funky right now. Uh -oh. Well, I, I know uh -oh. what the article basically says, so I'm not going to read it verbatim, but I know what it basically yeah, says. Yeah, let's just make up the article. This will be good. <laughs> let's just read the headlines and then, and then fill in what we think the story is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so no, I mean, Mr. Mixelplick was gonna be. <laughs> did I say his name right? No, uh, I don't know if we ever will actually say his name right. Dang. Okay. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So the point is, <laughs> is Zack Snyder was recently interviewed, and uh, he was talking about uh, Man of Steel two and what his hopes were for this sequel, and who the villains might actually have been for that sequel. Um. And his response, oh, I just, just pulled up. He said, we talked about a Brainiac movie, but I do think that the Kryptonians that are in the Phantom Zone are probably still around. And there was always a possibility for their return, Feora and whoever's left. That was a, a thing that we was always out there when we talked about it as a possible sequel. I just think it's best to give Superman these extraterrestrial challenges because I think you got to be careful with, other than Lex Luthor, because of course you have to continue with Lex because Lex is his real nemesis. But I think you have to really look outside of the earth for challenges for him because of how powerful he is. Um, 
so, I mean, to think that we could have had a Brainiac movie, I have been saying this, I don't know how many times, but Superman versus Brainiac, that's, that's the movie I want to see. And the only time we've seen it so far live action is uh, Krypton, the TV show that didn't really go anywhere. Um, and, and that doesn't even also, count. Yeah, it doesn't even count. It's not canon. It's not part of anything. And then also uh, we saw a Brainiac a version of Brainiac in uh, Smallville, played by James Marsters, um, formerly Spike from Buffy and Angel. And he was great. He was awesome. Uh, it was a, a good time for Smallville, but that was many, 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 many years ago, and it wasn't cinematic. We're talking talking about like full-length feature movies. We haven't seen Brainiac. So uh, that is something that needs to change. He's such a cool character. Uh, such a unique dynamic and being that he's artificial intelligence, like there's a lot of places to go with that. He's so visually interesting too, for a villain. So in terms of like, what would be fun for me to see as a, in a Superman movie, that's where you go. So I think that would have been freaking awesome. I mean, we've already seen plenty of him facing off against Kryptonians. We don't need more Kryptonian on Kryptonian violence. Like that's not fun to watch phantom zone stuff. We know all about that. We've seen plenty of that. So we don't need any more of that. Um, but yeah, I would say Brainiac would be fun. What are your thoughts, Wonder Rob? Well, being the avid Superman fan that I am, and I know <laughs> I my brain is a, practically an encyclopedia of Superman facts, Shaf. Like, for example, Superman fact number one, not a lot of people know this, he can sit on clouds. Number two... Superman fact, not a lot of people know this. The red underwears that he wears, he doesn't need to be doing that because underwear goes on the inside of your pants. <laughs> Number three, Superman fact that not a lot of people know. He is white, but he's an alien. Not for long. Makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I was being facetious, you guys. I am a very, very casual Superman fan. You know I'm a Marvel zombie, you guys. I have a passing knowledge of DC. But if I were going to pick a Superman bad guy, I would go way out in left field. You know what I would want to see? Keep your Brainiacs. Keep your Lex Luthers. Keep your Zods. You know you know what's going to bring in the big bucks, Shaf? I got it for you. Are you sitting down? Because this is going to blow you away. Superman, the movie... Superman versus Bizarro Superman. Uh, Give me Henry Cavill being Bizarro Superman. <laughs> then it's against, a comedy. <laughs> against his regular Superman. I would love it. Could you imagine and, and, how good that would be? And make sure that Bizarro Superman has a big bushy mustache. Yes, he's got to be the opposite in all in all things, and that's a little that's just a little inside humor. He's got a mustache. I love it. Zach's hold on, getting my phone out. Hold on a second. Okay, got my phone. Hey Siri. Hey Siri. Hi there. Call Zach Snyder. Siri's useless. Hey, Siri. Oh, my God. Hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. <laughs> this is great content. 
<laughs> hey, Siri. Siri doesn't want to talk to you. She's right there. Call Zack Snyder. I don't see a Zack Snyder in your God, you're useless. <laughs> <laughs> useless. She told me to eat a bag of wieners last week. <laughs> in the sound clip. <laughs> she did. show. She did. Very, very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so moving on. This was the story that I I was surprised, Shaf. I was dollars to donuts. I thought this was what you were going to pick for your story. I'm loading it up right now. Hold on. I'm just muting, muting it so it doesn't get in my ear. There was a new trailer this week, Shaf, for the sequel to Venom. Uh, the, the sequel that most definitely wins. Title for stupidest title of a sequel ever made. Venom, let there be carnage. Shaf, let there be carnage. The trailer came out. Please let there be carnage. Hold on. It's playing in my ear when I asked it not to. Let me just fix this real quick. All right. So we got our, we're getting our first looks at this trailer, Shaf. Um, let me go into the details. Actually, before I go into the details, I'm sure you've seen it. I know our listeners have seen it. I just want to get your initial impressions before I talk about things I've noticed. What did you think of this trailer, Shaf? Um, overall, I didn't hate it, but I, I felt like it was too dark. I don't mean like the tone of it was too dark. I mean the lighting of it was too dark, like to the point where you can't really make out Carnage all that well. Um, they show <laughs> Carnage, and it looks like it just looks too dark a red, and that bothers me because the last movie had this problem, right? We had Riot versus Venom, and Riot was gray, and Venom is black. And when they get together, it just looks like a bunch of mud, and you can't really make it. And plus, all those scenes happened at night. So it was, like, impossible to see. It was impossible to see what they were doing. I mean, obviously, they did it for a reason, right? Because, you know, they're going to pay this much on, you know, special effects and visual effects. It's easy if they can, the murkiness of it, they can get away with. But Carnage is a very bright red, or at least supposed to be. So I was really looking to see the punch of that color against whatever background or environment he was going to be in. And at least for what they showed, and hopefully this is not representative of what we're getting, he's too dark. He's way too dark a red to look right for Carnage, in my opinion. So Excellent observation. And you made another observation, which is exactly what I was going to say, is that the last movie was Venom versus Riot, Symbiote versus Symbiote, or Symbiote, if you're Jenny Slate, smooshing together, stationing together the whole <laughs> the whole movie. And here we are, this exact same thing, twice. Shaf, that's like if they ended up making that Superman sequel and another Kryptonian came down and fought Superman and smashed yeah, the right. city. If they make Black Panther 2 and another person with a Black Panther Panther suit comes. If they make Iron Man 4 and another Iron Monger comes around. It's the same thing. It's what I hate. Shaf, anyway. I gotta tell you. I was watching this trailer. I was watching it again before we recorded. As I like to do when there's trailers. Just like to run it once or twice. Just to get my thoughts together. So I was, I was watching it in the living room. I was at the kitchen table, and my wife, she had just put her, her son to bed. She's she's at the 
she's at the cabinets. She's fiddling around with whatever she was doing over there, and she could hear this this trailer playing. And she turns around halfway through it. She goes, "Is this a real trailer?" <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, why?" She goes, "It sounds like a parody of a trailer." And is that? <laughs> and I told her what it was. I said, "Yeah, it's Venom with Derby Carnage." And she goes, "Is that? Are they playing one is the loneliest number?" And I said, yeah, it's a whole thing because Venom, he's a symbiote and he's an alien. And before I can even explain it, she goes, oh, uh, uh, I don't care. <laughs> and I was like, yes, neither do I. <laughs> neither do I. Uh, but I don't know how I feel. And then, and then, and then we smooshed. And then we, and then we stationed. <laughs> That's why we were late recording the podcast by a minute. It was enough time to by do it three times. Thank you. Rock the world. Um, I don't know how I feel about this trailer, man. I don't know how I feel about this whole montage at the beginning of Venom making breakfast. Like it's a buddy cop, like a buddy cop movie or, or like, like an odd couple feel. Yeah. That's exactly how Andy Serkis referred to it. He called it like they're in their odd couple phase. And while I find it funny, it just tonally, for Venom, I don't know. It just, it makes him too funny. And if somebody is too funny, then they're not menacing. Then they're not imposing. They're not threatening. They're not intimidating. If you're funny, you're not scary. It's hard to be both. So when they make Venom so like cutesy is best way to put it, like with, with the humor and stuff, it really takes away from what should be the scariness of Venom and, and the symbiote and things like that. Yeah. And then there's a, of course we're seeing Woody Harrelson as Cletus Cassidy. They got rid of that sideshow Bob wig that he was in <laughs> at the end of uh, Venom. Hey, Hey, <laughs> Oh, Hey, wait, wait, that's a, uh, I mean, I know that's, that's not sideshow Bob. Yeah. I just, I just, just keeping it in the vein uh, of Simpsons. Here's my impression of sideshow Bob. Are you ready? Let's do it. That's him when he keeps stepping on the rakes. <laughs> when he just steps on rakes over and over again, he's like, Quapap! Quapap! <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> Thank you, everybody. That was uh, amazing. So, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> with my sideshow Bob. Oh, okay. So Woody Harrelson's in this. Um, I don't want to say he's the only thing that redeemed this trailer for me because he, that's not really the case, but I don't dislike Woody Harrelson. Right. But Woody Harrelson isn't the type of actor where you go to see a movie because Woody Harrelson is in it. He's like, oh, Woody Harrelson's in this. All right. So maybe that maybe that'll make it a little more enjoyable. Um, I did notice there's a shot with what I think is a reporter. It's a very quick shot, but it's somebody at the Daily Bugle, and he's holding the Daily Bugle newspaper. And I noticed that it's the same Daily Bugle logo from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, which further solidifies my theory that these are not in the MCU. These are in the Sam Raimi Marvel Universe. Same with... Yes. Morpheus. I I agree with you that but there's something about that that doesn't hold up and that's that I was listening and watching the breakdown video which is really strange by the way that Sony would put out a breakdown video 
right after the trailer Sony comes did out. it? It, it was yeah. Sony. Huh. Yeah, Sony put out their own breakdown trailer, which is strange because, I mean, they're basically putting all of these various geek channels out of work <laughs> We're doing and they're interviewing Andy Serkis and Andy Serkis is breaking down the video, uh, you know, frame by frame. And it gets to um, it gets to that section. By the way, he referred to that character's name as Mulligan. And uh, that should mean something for those of us that know about the Spider-Verse of characters because um, Mulligan is actually the uh, human counterpart of, um, I think his name is Toxin, if I'm not mistaken, uh, is a symbiote uh, who is the spawn of Venom. Mm Mm-hmm. Or Spawn of Carnage. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Patrick Mulligan of Earth-616, better known as Toxin, is a fictional character in Marvel Comics universe. He was once the host of Toxin and has been killed. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll also see Toxin in this movie. Or or a third movie with another symbiote. Right, yeah. I mean, there's so many that they could do, but it's all pretty much the same stuff when you look at it. It's just different colors. (laughs) Yeah. It's just different color symbiotes. Um, How come they all look like Spider-Man when they're not even aware of Spider-Man's existence? That's the point. That's what I wanted to get at. So Andy Serkis says in that breakdown that they are not aware of Spider-Man's existence. Maybe, Maybe that's not... I don't know. Because if it How was are you e- not aware? I mean, clearly, if, if it does take place in the Sam Raimi-verse, then <clears throat> it'd have to take place before Spider-Man even existed. So in the MCU, for example, superheroes are everywhere, right? So people know who Spider-Man is. In Sam Raimi's verse, in theory, Spider-Man is the only superhero. Maybe the X-Men are in that universe, too. Maybe because there was going to be an uh, a long time ago, back when Spider-Man 1 was happening, there was going to be a Hugh Jackman cameo as Wolverine that was scrapped because Fox wouldn't let him borrow the, the Wolverine costume. <laughs> and when I say Wolverine costume, I mean that, one, that onesie leather suit that he wore. <laughs> So they there was initially going to be a Hugh Jackman cameo in that movie. So maybe, just maybe, they're in the same universe, but who knows. So you would think that if, if in this universe, the only superhero that exists is Spider-Man, they would have heard of him. So maybe they're, either they haven't heard of Spider-Man, or when he says they haven't heard of him, meaning they haven't ever interacted with Spider-Man, or not aware of Spider-Man is what they said. Maybe, I don't know. It's it's tough to say, but I am a firm believer so far that Venom, Morbius, and the Spitterman movies by Sam Raimi, oh my God, my PlayStation app just went off, are in the same universe. That's my theory, and I'm sticking to it, you guys. <laughs> Very well. So anyway, the, Ven- the, the Venom trailer, Let There Be Carnage, is out. It's coming out this year on September 24th, only in theaters, they say. So stay tuned. Tune in uh, the week after September 24th for our thoughts on Venom. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, um, I'm not sure, fellow geeks, if you know this, but it's been a really big and extremely noisy week for Dave Bautista. 
Dave Bautista, friend uh-huh. of the show. Yeah, friend of the uh, show. He's been on several Rax times. The Destroyer. Oh, I forget yeah. which episode number he was on, but go back. You can find yeah. it. I mean, at least at least a few. I mean, at least a few. Uh, but anyway, he's had a hell of a week. I swear, like, every news outlet has been interviewing him uh, for various things. And he's had a lot to say, whether he's talking to an interviewer or he's just on his Twitter account, uh, rambling, ranting, whatever. He, you cannot... Um, you cannot know, you silence open, the Bautista. Yeah, you can't open a newspaper without seeing something about Dave Bautista this week. So um, the big news, first of all, is some casting news. So um, as far as where we're going to see Dave Bautista in something else not not Marvel-related, we're going to see him in Knives Out 2. He's joining Daniel Craig in Ryan Johnson's sequel that's coming out on Netflix. So... Uh, and a bunch of other stars. Uh, Edward Norton was recently confirmed for that. Yeah. Um, I wonder oh, if he's going to try to rewrite it like he does everything else he's in. <laughs> I saw a tweet about that. It was uh, it was saying, uh, and uh, th- this just in, breaking news, Edward Norton has just been uh, uh, named the unofficial director <laughs> of <laughs> Knives Out 2. <laughs> so, Burn so on you, funny. friend of the show, Edward Norton. <laughs> <laughs> um but anyway so we've got uh we've got him coming into this we don't know who a character he's playing there's plot details are unknown but just that he's joining the cast so uh, i have not seen knives out have you seen knives out no it was one i missed because you know the whole world situation last year yeah but my I wife feel like had i've been spoiled it. on it yeah i feel like i've been spoiled on it. i think i know who done it because it's been out for so long enough but i have not been spoiled on it my wife watched it on Netflix, and she really liked it, and she's looking forward to the sequel. So I'll catch up on it. When Knives Out 2 comes out, and we inevitably review it, I'll watch the first one. You have, that's a geek, so to speak, guarantee. Unless I don't. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Now, uh, Drax, that's not the only news related to Dave Bautista, but specifically, um, he uh, was talking to Collider, uh, in an interview and they were talking about the role of, of Drax. Mm-hmm. And he said, this is the role that changed the trajectory of my life. It's always going to be special to me. He says, now that I'm four films in, I really wish they would have invested more in Drax personally, because I think Drax has more of a story to tell. I think Drax has a really interesting backstory, which they dropped the ball on. That's no dig on Marvel. They had their slate I know they were focused on that's what they have slated out. But, man, I think they really missed the ball on Drax. He has such a great backstory. Selfishly, as a performer, I would have given – that would have given me the opportunity to show different sides of Drax emotionally and physically as well. Because – and I like this part. If you notice Drax, although he looks like a badass, you look at him and he's terrifying. But Drax gets his ass kicked more than any other Marvel character. It's true, though. The whole, the whole Destroyer thing, they just threw out the window. Uh, which is, he's so accurate about this. He says, people just fell in love with the comedic side of Drax they tapped into, and then they tapped into it more, and then they really dug a hole into it. And he says, but we really missed a huge boat on the character, and I don't think it'll ever come back around. He says, I'm just really looking forward to finishing out this whole journey. So, so probably safe to say, because he's, he's seen the script for Guardians 3, he's probably not so much Drax the Destroyer in that. He's yeah. doing more invisible <laughs> jokes. <laughs> exactly right i'm not mad um, though you know, here, here's the thing like actors sometimes and this happens a lot i've noticed 
after they've played a role a few times, they don't like that they become sort of connected with the role. Like you get worried that you get sort of typecast. Like if you play this character too many times, nobody can see you as anything else. Drax, first of all, not Drax, Dave Bautista is a big dude. He's fucking muscular. Like you're not going to be able to just play any role. Like if you want to play just John Everyman, you're going to have to lose a bunch of that muscle because John Everyman is not fucking jacked like you are. It's true. It's (laughs) true. It's like when The Rock is in a movie, I don't see him transforming into other characters. I say, oh, this is The Rock as as the tooth fairy now. (laughs) <laughs> okay, got it. Oh, this is the rock going to the center of the earth. Oh, this is the rock uh, flying a helicopter, the movie, or whatever he's doing. <laughs> this is the this is the rock uh, being the skipper of a jungle cruise boat. Got it. It's the rock in every movie, and it's the same with Dave Bautista, although it's a little different with Dave Bautista for me because it's not like, oh, Dave Bautista is in this, Dave Bautista is in that. For me, it's Drax is in this. Oh, that's Drax. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, he, you know, he did actually turn in a pretty dramatic, awesome performance in Blade Runner 2049. I don't know if you saw that, but he was really good in that. Um, he definitely has the dramatic chops, but the, when you look at Drax, what they have done with the characters, they've really carved out a nice comedic niche for him. And within the guardians, I mean, to hold your own comedically, that's a tough thing. You've got Chris Pratt, who's awesome. Whenever Thor is around, they have some great chemistry. Uh, Mantis is a lot of fun. Uh, Rocket's a hoot. You know, like there's so much already comedic wise. So if you can still hold your own as Drax and you still get plenty of laughs, it's probably some of the most laughs. Then, I mean, you're doing good. He, they, their measure of success, I think, gets a little bit cloudy. Um, he should just be so grateful that he has this opportunity and not be so, um, Oh, they missed the boat. You know, you're lucky you're in a fucking Marvel movie. You made, you're making millions and millions of dollars hand over fist. Like stop. He doesn't need to work anymore. Yeah. He could not work anymore and be just fine. But no, my craft, (laughs) my craft. (laughs) So, um, well, there's more to this whole like week for Dave Bautista real quick. There's more. There's more. So he was on uh, Twitter and he was uh, people were obviously concerned because of basically what he said in that interview kind of indicates that he's pretty much done as Drax. Um, But he wanted to confirm he's like Drax isn't going anywhere. He just won't be played by this dude, meaning himself. By the time. The same thing, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be played by some other person who's super jacked. Basically, if the rock's available, he's going to be Drax. Um Dave Bautista, he's, Drax isn't going away. I'm just not playing him anymore, and I'm never going to do it again. You know? But he's not going away. Uh, He says, by the time Guardians 3 comes out, he's going to be 54 years old, for God's sake. I'm expecting everything to start sagging any any second now. So after that tweet came through, then James Gunn uh, commented on the tweet and he said, there's no Drax for me without you, buddy. You are the MCU's Drax, the destroyer. And as far as I'm concerned, could never be replaced. And you have the right to do whatever you want with your body. No, he says you have the right to do whatever you want (laughs) with your acting choices, uh, to which, and this is the final piece of it. He says, and there's no, and this is a Dave's response. He says, there's no Drax for me without you, brother. Hashtag end of a journey. I love you, dude. And then James Gunn responds back with, I love you too. Do you want to have a threesome with my hot blonde wife? And Drax is like, 
actually, I already had sex with her just five minutes ago and she was great. And then James is like, I hate you. And then it just continued to escalate. And now they're bitter enemies. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Big week. Big week for Dave Bautista. Big week for Bautista (laughs) tagging James Gunn's wife? Question mark? Girlfriend? hard. Yep. You know, got to respect that. <laughs> you gotta respect that. Shout, shout out to uh, to James Gunn's wife, who uh, <laughs> friend of the show, James Gunn's yeah, wife. Yeah, she's gonna be in the Suicide Squad, and she'll also be in the Peacemaker TV show. So look forward to that. Oh my gosh, how do I follow this up, Chaff? I know. Let me tell you about <laughs> Nintendo. <laughs> this little thing Nintendo just came out with uh, a new video game. For the Nintendo Switch, go figure. It's called Game Builder Garage, which is French for car hole. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, essentially let me let me just break this down for you, Shaf. It's a it's a, a first party game from Nintendo uh, that teaches you how to make video games the Nintendo way. Have you ever played Shaf a little game called Mario Maker or Mario Maker DOS? Uh, Mario Maker, yes. In fact, uh, somebody really amazing, uh, best friend, purchased it for me. That's right. It was me. I knew you played it. That was a leading question. And you passed with flying colors. Woo! A plus plus, actually. I'm going to give you an extra plus for the for the compliment. So thank you on that. Well, anyway, the idea behind Super Mario Maker is that it gives you all the tools you need, Shaf, to make your own custom Mario levels, be it just, you know, a, a real simple, uh, I'm just going to go from the left to the right, I'm going to stomp on a couple of Goombas, and I'm going to capture the flag. Or to to modern Mario hellscapes with Fireballs, Bowsers, uh, the Koopa Kids, and consistent deaths. <laughs> or something in between. Well, they're taking this concept, but for actual other video games. So they put out a little trailer, Shaf. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the trailer, but I, I took, put my eyes on it, and it was showing people making did. things like, like top-down shooters, uh, little little run-and-gun platforms, puzzle games, card games. They were making all sorts of stuff. Yeah, like Flappy Bird co- uh, copies and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were doing a lot of things. So Nintendo put this out. Um, Nintendo put out this statement. For anyone who is always who has always wanted to make their own video games, Game Builder Garage is the perfect place to start. Uh, And that was said by Nick Chavez, Nintendo of America's senior vice president. He continued to say, through the use of guided lessons and memorable Noden characters, whatever that means, Game Builder Garage helps make creating video games just as much fun as playing them. So when you first boot up Game Builder Garage Shop, you start with lesson mode. Here you'll meet the colorful and quirky Noden, the creatures who help you learn the basic concept of visual programming and step-by-step interactive lessons that you can take at your own pace. These lessons were designed to be fun, engaging for people, and perfect for everybody of any experience level, with checkpoints between for players to test their knowledge by solving small puzzles or tasks, or free programming mode where you can bring your own game ideas to life by putting all the skills learned in the lessons with this particular test. With simple press of a button, you can swap between programming or just quickly try out your creation to see how it plays. Uh, also, what's interesting about this, of course, is if I make a game shop, you can download it and play it. Or if you made a game of hentai naked girls, I could play it. 
It, you're innovating in in the genre, Shaf. You're gonna be the first one. You're gonna you're gonna be like those those games where it's like a little banner on top of the screen. It's like how fast can you finish? <laughs> but you're this gonna be game, making stuff like that. This game will make you come in thirty seconds. Now I don't know about that. I mean, I've only heard of these games. Right. And passing yeah. from Vactor, your arch nemesis, who is, according to himself, a entrepreneur and uh, enthusiast of these adult video games. So he's always <laughs> talking about them. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> this is a uh, this to me the most interesting part about this game. It does it does intrigue me. The most interesting part about this whole thing, though, the thing that really blew my mind, something that Nintendo never does. Is they're putting this game out for thirty bucks? They never put games out for less than sixty dollars. First party games, so it's accessible. Uh, yeah, I might, I might get it. I might get it. Shaft, does this game, does this game speak to you, or are you are you the type who will get it and just sit there with it and be like, Rob, hurry up and make a game. I'm I'm waiting to play. It. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I'd be more interested in playing other people's levels of whatever they make. Versus making my own. I don't know that I've got the chops to build uh, like a game of my own, but it'd be worth a try. Maybe if it's user friendly enough, um, I definitely want to give it a shot. Um, and thirty bucks, it's hard to say no. I mean, what else are you going to play on the Switch? It's time to dust the dust that sucker off and uh, and get that sucker yeah. pre uh, pre ordered. So. And as you know, I went through a serious for a little while there a serious Mario Maker phase where I was making yes, levels. You did. And watching people die at my levels over and over with great joy. So I feel like I feel like if I got this game, it's something that I would probably get into. So we'll see. More to come on that when I get this game. Game Builder Garage. Unless I don't. So look forward to that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, when is that game coming out again? Oh, shoot. I closed the story. Off. Don't worry. Pulling it back up. Because I'm going to have an answer for you as soon as my internet loads it back up, which is currently doing right now. Game Builder Garage launches for Nintendo Switch on June 11th. So less than June a month off on the Nintendo eShop and Nintendo.com at a suggested retail price of what I just said, $29.99 plus tax. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, um, this next story uh, related to video games is excuse me, um, is actually a rumor. We do not have confirmation from Nintendo yet, okay. but... I'm ready for this. So I, I, yeah, I want to preface. The original story, as it read, was referring to uh, rumors that Nintendo is going to resurrect the Donkey Kong series and bringing it in-house um, with the team responsible for Super Mario Odyssey. So... Donkey uh, Dong! context... <laughs> Good old Donkey Kong. Yeah. Uh, YouTuber Lonely Goomba has mentioned the rumor uh, rumor in passing. <laughs> Did I say Roomba? <laughs> <laughs> Lonely Goomba has mentioned the Roomba uh, in passing on social media. And other sources have also discussed it. But Nintendo Life can confirm that it has heard the same rumor from an independent and very trusted source. Um, they do not have any claims as far as... Uh, the source claims the game will be 2D or 2.5D if you prefer and not 3D. So it might be more of a hybrid. Now, there was an update to this story. So highly respected Donkey Kong fan site DK Vine has chimed in on the report and they added some information. They said, 
Um, apparently, this new Donkey Kong game uh, development of it began around 2017, 2018. Um, and it seems like uh, they have no info on this 2D, 2.5D versus 3D debate. So mm-hmm. we're not sure. We know it's going to be a platformer of some kind. We also know it's not going to be Donkey Kong Country. At least it's not going to be in the branding of Donkey Kong Country because that was not done. That was done by Rare, yeah. right? So this is going to be bringing it in-house to, uh, um, they call it EPD, the EPD team. Um, so that's really all we have right now. Now, knowing that we don't have a lot to go off of, the team that brought Super Mario Odyssey, Wonder Rob, my question to you is this. I'm ready. Are you are you glad that they are choosing to make a Donkey Kong game for the Switch that is more of a platformer? Because the last one was Tropical Freeze, and that wasn't true. It was a platformer, but it was really more of a um, what's the word? A, a port. It was a port from uh, the Wii U. So um, so this would be like a, an actual exclusive to the Switch. Are you glad that it's Donkey Kong uh, related, or would you have preferred to see a sequel to Super Mario Odyssey? Well, first and foremost, I would have rather seen a sequel to Super Mario Odyssey. Nobody in their right mind is saying, oh, I'm glad they made Donkey Kong instead of Super Mario. No, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> get out of here. That makes no sense. Um, I'm not, like, thrilled that they're making a Donkey Kong game. I'm not upset about it either the last donkey kong game i played was donkey kong 64 the last donkey kong game i beat was donkey kong country diddy kong's quest shaf i haven't played a donkey kong game in a while and i didn't beat donkey kong 64 because at the time in that era i really really enjoyed donkey kong country and then I was hyped because Donkey Kong got an iteration on the N64, and I was not happy with that game. I did not enjoy it at the time. I don't know, maybe if my my gaming sensibilities these days, I went back and played it, maybe I'd enjoy it more. But I'm not going to do that, Shaf, unless they make an N64 Mini to go next to my Super Nintendo Mini and my NES Mini. Then maybe I'll try it. You know... One uh, platformer on the N64 that I did love from Rareware, Rareware was Banjo and Kazooie. That was a great platformer. So I've heard. But I've never uh, played those games. Play. Yeah, Banjo and Kazooie was an awesome game. Banjo Tooie uh, was the sequel, but I never had a chance to play that. Um, but that was Rare's, I think, better game. And if they had modeled Donkey Kong 64 closer to Banjo Kazooie, I think they would have had greater success. Uh, you're probably right. You're probably right. But anyway, I mean, Super Mario Odyssey, they made a good game. If they make if they make a Mario Odyssey-style Donkey Kong game, at the very least, I would try it. But I'm not, I'm not buying a ticket to the hype train to Donkey Kong Island. I'm not doing that right now. But I'll tell you what game they need to make separate from all of this is a Mario Kart 9. <laughs> Shoot, man. Mario Kart 8 is the number one racing game of all time in terms of sales. They... That and that's just a port, and I'm talking <laughs> Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, whatever it's called on the Nintendo Switch, the number one selling racing game of all time. Uh, and they and these guys won't even make an F Zero game, 
That's what I would want. Make, give me a new F-Zero, you guys. But they probably don't want to... They probably think it's cannibalizing the sales of Mario Kart. But anyway, neither here nor there. But yes, give me a <laughs> Mario Kart 9. I would love it. This is what they need to do. Nintendo, this is my free idea to you. All I want back is a copy of the game free. So I guess it's not a free idea. 60 bucks. But anyway, Mario Kart 9... I want it to be the Smash Brothers Ultimate of Mario Kart games. Give me a bunch of new courses and new characters, but I also want every driver that's been in a Mario Kart game, and I want every course reimagined, every single one. So I have dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of courses. Because I love Mario Kart, man, but... When you're playing Mario Kart by yourself, it gets old kind of fast, and then it doesn't get as old when you're playing with your friends, but still, after a while, it does. So, well, you, me- uh, a little context Wonder Rob is amazing at Mario Kart to the point where he like sits back and lets you complete a lap first before he starts it's true. The, the race. And then he still smokes your ass, and um, it, it just it just really adds salt to the wound when he's celebrating his victory in first place, and you had an entire lap lead on this guy. Like it's it's nuts. The guy is a super drifter. He knows all the tricks. He knows all the shortcuts. He's amazing at Mario Kart. So if you ever get a I chance, I want to toot my own horn. Uh, no, I, I'll toot it for you. It's it's. <laughs> He's, he's amazing at Mario Kart. So do not challenge him unless you just would like to hate yourself after you're done. It's been a while since I played Mario Kart, but the, the skills come back. It's like riding a bike. Shaf, it's like or a, or a, a cart. Or it's like riding a cart. Okay, I have one last geek news story. This is just a real quick one. There's not a lot of information in this, but since we are VR enthusiasts on the show, I got myself an Oculus. Shaf has an Oculus. My mom has an Oculus, although she's not directly related to this podcast in any way. Our corrections department has an Oculus. We all have Oculuses, except for your arch nemesis factor. He don't got no Oculus. That's why he's my arch nemesis. So PlayStation VR, which you played at my house once or twice, Shaf, now that you have an Oculus, although the PlayStation VR at, at that time, your first experience of it was probably thrilling, but if you think about your experience with the PlayStation VR versus what you have now, the all-wireless Oculus, it's probably not that great in comparison. Well, PlayStation is looking to change your thoughts on the PlayStation VR because, as we've reported on a previous episode before, the PSVR 2 is coming out probably not in 2021, maybe 2022. We'll see. But a few more details have come out on the system. Uh, number one, multiple sources have told Upload VR that Sony recently shared more details of the, the PSVR, just like I said. Topping the list of details is a 4,000 by 2,040 pixel resolution. That's 2,000 by 200 or 2,040 for each eye shaft, just in case you didn't realize that. Which gives you <laughs> a stunning total of 8.16 million with an M pixels. That's way way higher than the PSVR shaft and just a just a scotch more of a resolution than the Oculus Quest 2. That was my biggest disappointment with the PlayStation VR. Even though I I did enjoy my time with the PlayStation VR before I moved on to the Oculus. I remember 
getting into Skyrim. That was the first VR game that I played on my PlayStation and being a little disappointed in the resolution of the game. A um, few more details, just key details. The headset will include onboard cameras for tracking your eye movement, which is really interesting to me, Shaf. I'm trying That's to think really of, cool. How, how could that possibly be put into gameplay where it's tracking your eye movement? I mean, I'm sure there's lots of ways, but I'm trying to imagine it. It's a very interesting concept. Uh, so it's going to track your eye movement, body movement, and the placement of the new curvy PSVR controllers. Uh, Sony also reportedly told partners that the new headset will have lens separation adjustment uh, to make the wearing experience adaptable. Surprise, surprise. Just like the Oculus. Um, obviously, the original PSVR was very successful. Shop, it's shop. It sold more than 5 million units between 2016 and 2019. So, obviously, this puts the pressure on Sony to deliver an outstanding performance for the PSVR 2. Which, you know your boy Shaf and your boy Wonder Rob will be getting. Or at least one of us. <laughs> probably probably shop and i'm gonna and i'm gonna want it um but anyway more news on that as it develops but just a, just a little taste of the psvr i think shop that this is a good place to stop just briefly and take a quick break stretch our legs because we've been playing resident evil village and we have lots to say on it so let's tell these guys where they can find us on social media and when we get back, I was like, I, am I going to talk about Twitch now or am I going to talk about a Twitch later? We'll talk about <laughs> Twitch first. When we get back from our break, we'll be right back. Hey, gang, Wonder Rob here. And Shaf's here, too. We're taking a short break from all the geek news to let you know where you can find us on social media. That's right. Find us on Facebook at Geek So To Speak Podcast and join the Geek Nation. It's the best way to stay up to date on all the latest geek news and extra stuff we don't get to cover on the show. You can also find us on Instagram at Geek So To Speak Podcast and Twitter at Geek So To Speak PC. Also, if you want to suggest a topic for geek news, a review, or even a geek movie torture, you can email us at Geek So To Speak Podcast at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe if you're not already subscribed and leave us a nice review for a sexy shout out on the show. Thank you so much for listening. Same geek time. Same geek channel. And we're back. That's right. We are back and we are talking about Resident Evil Village. But first... We want to uh, quickly take a moment, or not really quickly, but quickly take a moment to at least drop our handles so you know, but we have been dabbling in the game streaming and broadcasting for the first time for both of us. I, I was a little shocked that Wonder Rob had never done this before because he's far more a gamer than I am, but uh, for it was we both busted each of our cherries uh, on Twitch this past week. We had the itch to Twitch, and... Uh, I set up an account, and mine is at Geek So To Speak Shoff, and Wonder Rob set up a joint account for the two of us, and it is, and he's been streaming on that one specifically, and that's at Geek So To Speak Podcast. So, 
Um, so please follow us on there. Uh, we've got at least three or four, maybe even five videos <laughs> up of various streams um, of just our various gameplay of the, of the game. And you'll hear us talking and, and uh, I'll tell you, Wonder Rob is a, is a joy and so much fun to listen to and watch to play. Uh, so far more entertaining than me. There's moments where I'm just completely silent because I'm too scared to talk. <laughs> Cause you turned <laughs> off your mic because you were, you had McDonald's. <laughs> well, that's true. I did turn off my mic at one point cause I was, I was, I was feverishly and frighteningly eating um, a fillet of fish and a double cheeseburger. I didn't want to sound gross on the on the microphone, but um, there's plenty of times when I'm still quiet, even though the mic is on, and I'm just like quiet because I am too afraid to say anything. So, Wonder Rob is more entertaining to listen to. But anyways, yeah, yeah, that yeah. the that. <laughs> And these <laughs> these accounts, they're brand new. They're fresh. They're not even a week old, at least as of recording this podcast. They're not even a week old yet. I, I have a the reason why I started laughing when you were talking about the numbers of videos, when you said we've got three or four, I thought you were gonna say followers. <laughs> oh. I was like, yeah, I only have three followers. The the Geek So to Speak podcast handle is the official podcast for for or excuse me, the handle for the show itself. So that could be either myself or or Shaf streaming, depending on how we're feeling. Uh, once Shaf has the login info, that is. And Shaf has his own geek, so to speak, Shaf. And he has five followers last I checked, Shaf. La-di-da, Mr. Fancy Man. <laughs> Good for you. That means that means one of them must be somebody I don't know. Yep, I think so. You got one <laughs> genuine <laughs> follower. Uh, That's amazing. Anyway, we're both new to Twitch. We're, we're learning it. We're going to keep it going. We might do some It Takes Two streaming uh, because that's a game we're currently enjoying. And then as newer games come out, Shaf, I think I think it's safe to say you or myself can find the time to commit to, to streaming. Uh, but keep your ear to the ground, folks, because it may or may not be... Excuse me. It may or may not be becoming a patreon exclusive so <laughs> we'll see how that goes all right that's enough talking about twitch that's enough of that let's talk resident evil village shop this is the eighth mainline resident evil game out from capcom highly anticipated sequel to resident evil 7 Shaf, which was a departure from the Resident Evil formula. Uh, gone are the days of the third-person static camera pre-rendered background Resident Evil uh, shambling zombie games. Nay, nay, we are in the first-person uh, psychological horror, uh, body horror, uh, jump scare horror games. <laughs> now, I have been looking forward to this game since they announced it, since we first got a taste of it, which I think was the, it was last year during the Xbox game event, I think is when they first announced this game. When we were, when they initially showed us the Xbox Series X and then they had a series of trailers, I think that's when they that showed it. That sounds about right. Yeah. Or maybe it was Either the PlayStation that or... one. Either that or the state of play. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the two. Yeah. It was one of the two. But of course I was hook, line and stinkered immediately shop on the other hand uh <laughs> there was there was some convincing 
to do to get Shaft to play this so far that I had to buy the game for him <laughs> to get him to agree <laughs> to play this game. So before we talk about Resident Evil Village, um, real quick, Shaft, give us a rundown, a history of your experience, if there is any, of of Resident Evil, your your experience with Resident Evil. Okay, so... And not the Mila um, I, Jovovich movie. No, 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 no. Just the video games. Yeah. Um, the first Resident Evil game I played was actually the first Resident Evil game. Um, it came out on the N64. At least that's where I played it. Uh, it was on the N64. And um, it was a buddy of mine's game, so I didn't own it. So it wasn't like I was playing it on my own. It was watching him play, and then occasionally he'd hand the, the controller to me. And I would be freaked out. But all I remember from that game is the dialogue being very like stilted and and funny and like people <laughs> the way people talk to each other was very like robotic and Jill, artificial. Don't yeah. open that door. <laughs> you almost became a chill pancake or a chill sandwich or something stupid. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Terrible writing. The di- the voice acting was really subpar. Um Obviously, it wasn't a game that had amazing graphics, but at the time, it was pretty impressive, I think. Um, The dynamic was a lot different, too. It was sort of like third person over the shoulder kind of a thing. Uh, um, And and the camera was fixed, right? Like you would go through a hallway and the camera was a fixed location, which was part of the cinematic style. And that was always frustrating to me because, like, you couldn't necessarily aim your gun straight on. Like, it was always you have to like plan for an angle shot or something like that. So um, I remember being scary. I remember there being all those like zombie dogs and stuff like that always like was super scary, but I remember just not liking to being scared in general. So I kind of avoided this game video game series as much as possible. I've never owned a um, resident evil game until this one. And um, I didn't know anything about the story. So Wonder Rob had to send me like a recap video from YouTube for the Resident Evil 7 storyline. So I could understand because this is a continuation of that and the continuation of the protagonist, Ethan Winters. So um, so very minimal, very minimal history with Resident Evil. All right. All right. I like it. I am the opposite. My very first experience with Resident Evil. I may or may not have said this on the show before. My very first experience with Resident Evil was on the PlayStation 1, Shaf. I never owned a PlayStation 1. But back in the day, Shaf, at Blockbusters, they would have the PlayStation video game section, and I would always look at the PlayStation video games because they always look so cool. I'd be like, oh man, they have a Spawn game? Oh, this looks really good. Oh, they got more combat. Resident <laughs> Evil, what's this? And eventually the Blockbuster, that was our local Blockbuster, eventually they started renting PlayStation consoles, Shaf. So after weeks of begging my mom, doesn't you let me rent a PlayStation? I just want to play PlayStation. She finally caved and she rented a PlayStation and the I got to pick one game and I picked Resident Evil. And I don't know why I picked it, but I picked it. And I remember, of course, this is dumb now, but I remember the opening of Resident Evil. It was a live action shot of these actors playing the characters. 
And I'd be like, Mom, look how good these graphics are. They look so real, Mom. It's a full motion video. <laughs> there's, there's no <laughs> graphics. <laughs> um, but man, the, the thing that sticks out of my experience of that game, it's probably the thing that sticks out for most people, is walking down the, that one first empty corridor hallway and the zombie dog just bursting through. I don't know, we're just making you poop your pants right Oh, there. yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I've, I've been playing Resident Evil games ever since, man. I think not not so much the, the weird the weird offshoots, although some of them I have, but I've played all the numbered Resident Evils up until Resident Evil 6. I didn't play Resident Evil 6 because I didn't particularly enjoy Resident Evil 5 all that much, which was disappointing because Resident Evil 4, before that, Shaf was a very critically acclaimed game. Uh, a lot of people's favorites in the series. So, of course, I had high expectations for 5, and I didn't really enjoy it, so I didn't play 6. And then 7 came along and totally just changed it uh, to what you saw in the, the recap video. Uh, Resident Evil 7 might be, the in my personal video game experience, the scariest video game I've ever played. Uh, that one took me a while to beat. It was because you were scared. Yeah, it was just ten. It maybe it was a combination of being real tense and and scary, because it's the same idea. It's the same gameplay as this, and it's the same concept where, yeah, you're going through different areas. Of course, this was a swampland and and somebody's farmhouse, but there's you know all these different bad guys and you have to go through their areas and they're all dynamically different and they're hunting you and it's just scary right it's it's the same concept between behind resident evil 8 just with a different setting but man that game that game was scary i remember playing the the playing it for the first time and no it was the demo playing the demo for it and getting getting so worked up over the demo that i turned off the playstation 4 (laughs) <laughs> took my controller and casually walked it into the kitchen and threw it in the trash and left it there <laughs> until I was ready to keep to get out. Luckily, the trash was empty. It wasn't covered in food or nothing. Um, but I've, I'm a real big fan of these games. So we're going to talk Resident Evil 8, you guys, if you didn't already know. We're going to spoil this game. So if you have not gotten that far into Resident Evil yet, you know, just listen uh, Listen with caution. Neither of us have beaten the game. But I think it's safe to say that we are at least, if not further than halfway through at this yeah, point. Yeah, that sounds right. The game is supposedly on, 10 to 12 hours. Yeah. Based on what we have both achieved, we're pretty much at the halfway point. It sounds about right. So we're about halfway through. So just keep that in mind. Um, Shoff's. Shaf is playing this game. I just want everybody to be clear because we started talking about it at the top of the show and then I said we I I forced a pause so we can talk about it here. So Shaf is not a fan of these horror games. So eventually through various recordings of Geek, so to speak, I convinced him to play this game under the stipulations that, yes, I'll buy it for you if you agree to review it, but I want at least eight hours of gameplay out of you because... And this is nothing against Shaf, but Shaf's a busy man. I know that. I'm just as busy as he is, and and finding time to play games is tough. So I said, if I'm gonna buy it, I want you to I want you to do your best to try to scrap all the the extra spare time that you have, put it in a big pile, and I want you to sit in it and play this game. 
<laughs> and I am here to report that Shaft did not get eight hours in this game. I think he got pretty close, though. I uh, actually, I, I checked my, my in-game time, and I checked yours, too, because you can see it on the save file, and I paused your stream so I could see how much time you've spent in actual, like, game play. Um, your time in game was five hours and 56 minutes. And my gameplay time is five hours, 36 minutes. Which so is, you got me by 20 minutes. Which is really weird because Steam, I'm playing this on PC. Shop is playing it on uh, PlayStation 5. Steam reports me at just under, or just, excuse me, just a little over seven hours. So I don't know what, where their time is coming from. But I think what it is is because I told you I, when I started the game, I started on, I started on normal and then I changed it to difficult. But then I changed the difficulty back, so I had to keep switching. But it doesn't let you just switch within the game, like it makes you start over. So I think that's what was was going on. And also at the top, when I just started playing it, when I very first started playing it, of course I was farting around with the settings the graphical settings, you know, because I'm playing it on a computer, so I was trying to make sure it was the best version it could possibly be, and it gives you way more settings than you ever should have to deal with when playing a video game. That's the nice part about PlayStation 5. It's just like, hey, it's going to always be the best no matter what, unless it's Cyberpunk. <laughs> so on PC, you have to, based on your hardware settings, obviously you have to make those adjustments. But eventually I got it because after all the farting around, Shaf, and not getting the results I want, like a dummy, like almost like um, a fuse box that I'm walking past over and over and over again and finally find. I found that there were preset graphical settings that I could just pick. <laughs> and there's one that says max and, and just pushes your hardware to the limit. So eventually I just did that. And it looks beautiful. Nice. This game is chef's kiss. Uh, the graphics are amazing. Uh, and not just on the PC, on PlayStation 5, it looks really great, in my opinion. Yeah, it does. It does look really, 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 really good. Yeah. So here's my first question to you, Shaf. Do you like this game? <laughs> you know, that's a really tough question to answer. Um, and I, I, I thought you would ask this, so I was kind of trying to prepare an answer. But I think where I'm at with this game is it's so... Like it requires so much of me and uh, in terms of like what it takes out of me and like being so scared by it or being on edge mm -hmm. that it's a hard game. Like if, if I was just playing this casually, like I just picked it up and it wasn't like a stipulation of try to play it as much as possible. Like it would take a lot of internal motivation for me to actively choose to play this. <laughs> Only because knowing what I would be getting myself into of scaring myself and, you know, just having feeling like my heart race while I play. I actually, by the end of every game session, I've noticed this. I'll finish a game session and my cheeks are flushed. Like I, I, I'm like red in the face from playing this game. And it's not like I'm screaming or anything. It's just the like the emotions all of it is like welling up within me and like has nowhere to go because i'm like so focused on trying to 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 play this game uh so the best way i know to answer this question is to say the game is fun but also very jumpy 
very scary. And I almost think that there are times when I like being scared in this game, but there are also times when I'm like, okay, that's enough. I, I've, I've been scared enough. Like, I wish there was like, yeah, <laughs> you could just tell the monsters, go away. I'm not, I'm not ready for you right now. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> we don't need any jumps. If you're going to, if you're about to come and jump out at me, how about we just make a deal? Why don't you just like make yourself known, wave, and then I'll go ahead and shoot you in the face. Like, I, I don't need all the, the jumping sometimes. It's a little, it's a little much, but. So that leads into my next question, which I think you've already answered is, is this game, in your opinion, scary and it has scared you like a scary movie? Like the scariest scary movie you've seen? Has it has it hit you the same way? Well, no, it's not like a scary movie. I think scary movies are scarier. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that this is first person does lend itself really well to making it more tense uh, and scary. There are definitely a lot of moments that had me on mega edge plus i'm usually playing it late at night mm-hmm. so the lights are yep. the lights are dark oh, it's dark it. outside uh-huh. you gotta play it with oh the lights gosh. off shop that's no, the only way yeah. i play it except for today when i was lot, streaming it there's a lot of tropes in this game that sort of like there's elements where you know you've seen it from other horror movies like um, there's those porcelain dolls and that's all they always scare the crap out of me like those porcelain dolls so there's a whole freaking like level based on the porcelain dolls so i'm like fucking great this i have to go through this this sucks yeah um, and in resident evil 7 there's a whole it has a lot of similarities or at least portions of the game have a lot of similarities to the ring or the garage okay thank you yeah and no i there's a moment in um that i was playing today uh, that had a, a very similar reminiscent like ring like well that <laughs> you yeah. walk up to and you have to go down into it. I'm like, oh, fuck no. Like this game wants me to go down into it. I, I was watching your stream and you're like, you just walk into the room very casually. Like it's like you're just saying hi to everybody there. I walk in like with so much trepidation. Like I walk in, then I backtrack. Then I walk in a little bit further and then I back away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the moment my... <laughs> the light the moment the lights shine on like the bricks or anything i'm like i'm walking so carefully so so like looking trying to like keep an eye on everything i don't want to be surprised like the way we both play this game is so different <laughs> the way i approach it is because i know i'm playing a video game that's meant to be scary it's meant to be tense it's meant to be rough it's, and there's no avoiding it there's no like oh i just did, did this section and now the game's gonna lighten up on me it's it's just it's at 10 from start to finish so i'm always just like well i can't what am i walking into now great a giant baby a giant <laughs> aborted baby is trying to eat me great what am i walking into now oh there's dolls everywhere trying to kill me great what am i walking into now so that's usually my mindset when i'm when i'm in these games or at least for this game i've been like well i can't i can't avoid stuff because that's not what this game is so i'm just that's in that in that area in particular i was like oh let's just do it this is where i gotta go (laughs) we're going down here but i'll tell you I don't know if this is the same way for you, but for me, the I got about, for the total amount of time that I've been playing it, half of it has been streaming and half hasn't. And from streaming forward, even though I'm, you know, I'm obviously in this game, 
But I'm in a mindset of like, okay, I need to be on. I need to be entertaining and talk about what's happening. It's made it a little less tense for me. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But not not so tense that it's losing its scariness. Because, not to jump too far ahead, but in part of the section where I am being chased by a giant mutant baby thing, slug, grasshopper, (laughs) whatever it's supposed to be. (laughs) Uh, You bet your pants. I was like, nope. Nope. I hate it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm leaving because <laughs> it was not pleasant, but I don't know. It's it's tough to explain, but I f- it feels different playing it alone. Like it feels like that's what it feels like. I just hit it. It feels like I'm playing it with somebody in the room with me, versus I'm playing it by myself in a dark room. That makes sense. Yeah, I felt the same way the first time I streamed. I had. Um, I think I had uh, Mark uh, Vibbert and my arch nemesis factor both tuning in. And then also you tuned in as well at one point too. And so it was more fun because you guys were like commenting on everything I was doing or what was happening. And it was, I was laughing and I was, you know, still doing my thing in the game, but it definitely sort of reduced the, the uh, scare factor or the fear factor. And that was okay by me because that made it more tolerable playing by myself. Different story. I'm on edge. I'm checking my Fitbit to see what my heart rate's at (laughs) 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 when that, okay. This he's uh, wonder I was talking about this baby. So we're all this stuff is happening out of context in terms of like us explaining the story, which we don't necessarily have to go into great detail on, but there is a moment when you're downstairs in this house and moving around through the hallways and you see on the floor, um, just like blood smeared across blood and like fluids and it's gross. And then you see this giant looking like tissue, like human tissue as like a tube of some kind tied together. And it, it reminded me of if I took a bunch of blankets and tied them together and tried to get out of a window, like yeah. a second story window. Yeah. And that's what I thought Absolutely. it was at first. <laughs> so when I was watching your stream, I didn't, it didn't even seem like you noticed the blood at first until you got further into the hallway, but there was like a huge bunch of it, like w- before the hallway even started. And I was just look thinking to myself of how different we play. Like I'm so like careful that I'm looking at the floor and looking all the around. And so I don't enter the hallway until I know what I'm getting myself into. You're just like, I'm going to walk to the hallway. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, where does this go? Oh, there's a tube here. Door open to. <laughs> It's like, what is this tube? This is a tube. I'm going to follow this tube. And then <laughs> moments later, to our surprise, the end of this tube, we find out it's actually more or less an umbilical cord connected to like a giant fetus. Mutated. Uh, yeah. Disgusting. Mutated, like like we're not do- we're not doing it justice to how horrifying this thing looked. <laughs> like it's. What's crazy is it's it's so gross looking, but then you hear it like screaming and crying and making like baby noises, baby noises, and even trying to form some words and laughing like like a baby, like tickling a baby. But it's It's coming to get you, man. (laughs) Yeah, coming to get you. Big old swollen eyes, giant mouth, slimy body. And its body it's, is, it's crawling around on its hands and legs, but the 
the way it looks like is like a, a praying mantis. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, definitely. It's definitely. It was, and, and we both promptly eaten. What? No, I take that back. You weren't promptly eaten by the, the baby. I was promptly eaten by the baby. <laughs> you were. <laughs> Cause I, I took a wrong turn. And, and went down a hallway where I couldn't go anywhere. And, I, and I'm and i sure you saw in the stream, I was like, well, and I didn't even move. <laughs> I was just like, here he comes. <laughs> I didn't have any weapons because in that particular part of the game, to really amplify the tense situation that you're in, you're you're put in a scenario where all your weapons are gone. And yeah, it's totally um, sort of like a that point it turns into more of a puzzle this piece goes to this but you need that piece to go to that but then you need these pieces to do this like everything requires something else so it's a lot of um a lot of uh, just gathering of of various things to go to various places and along the way you encounter this baby and it's yeah one rock it got you. trapped in a corner yeah and it ate me and it it just picks you up from your feet <laughs> And just slides you right inside its in, uh, inside its mouth. It's whew. and I swear um, it, it was like dad. <laughs> I was like I'm not yeah. your dad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was so funny. Dad, Bob, I'm not your dad. I'm not your mom. I'm not your friend. <laughs> <laughs> just running, running away from this thing. Oh, it was, that was. <clears throat> oh shoot. I think that was. So we've been in th- two major sections of the game. Or no, three major sections of the game. So the game starts and you're placed in this European village where uh, the, the village is in shambles. The houses are ransacked. Things are on fire. There's nobody around and there's werewolves. Werewolf style bad guys all over the place. Uh, and that's like we talked about last week with the demo where you hid in a, a house and didn't move for several minutes because you thought werewolves were going to come get you and they didn't come get you until you got out of the house. <laughs> um, so you have the main village type area, which is mainly court corridors isn't the right word, but pathways, little winding roads between villages with a lot of locked doors where you have to, you have to get this key to get through these doors and then you'll get this item to unlock this key. And then you can go back to places you couldn't before. And, and this side of the other, and it's, it's tense, but not super tense because at least up until right before where we're at in the game now, you could go through these areas and you could clear them out of bad guys and then you're pretty much good to go. Uh, further on in the game, however, that changes. Yeah. Um, also, let me, while I'm talking on the subject, going back to the baby, this is where the game really tricked me with that baby part is because you have safe rooms in, in the game where essentially a safe room is defined by... You're, there's a, a typewriter in a room where you can save your game. So you and pretty much a room that you go in where you can save your game. Bad guys are not going to come in to come get you. That's just how they design the game. But not the baby. No. <laughs> that baby comes crawling and trying to eat you in that room with the typewriter, and that that threw me off too. Because initially when I came running in, I was like, he's not going to come back in here to get me, and I was wrong, and he ate me. Um, okay. By the way, folks, uh, this baby thing happens in house uh, Beneviento. Um, Bienvenido now, is I w- how I was saying. Yeah, <laughs> Bienvenido, <laughs> Bienvenido, Amiami. No, um, I wanted to read something real quick because I did some digging and I was on the Resident Evil fandom website. 
uh, I wanted to find out more about this baby because you you kept referring to it as a as a boy. It turns out apparently it is a human infant girl, um, but this is the part that is interesting to me. And I don't think this was something that you registered either. Cause I didn't register it at the time. Um, one thing that this level does is there's a lot of hallucinating that mm-hmm. Ethan is doing. Um, and the hallucinating is coming from the pollen, uh, basically like a fungal infected plant that is caught is controlled by the owner of this house, uh-huh. Donna Beneviento. So yeah, I did um, notice there's a lot of plant talk when you get into the house. Yes. Mm-hmm. So this description says the baby is an infant-like creature with swollen eyes, extremely wide mouth, and a slime-like body. It was an illusion created from the pollens Ethan inhales when he first ventures into the ben- Beneviento house. The creature exhibits disturbing baby-like sounds like crying and laughing as it chases Ethan uh, across the area to devour him. If the creature successfully catches Ethan, it will joyfully yell out the word yummy. (laughs) (laughs) Since the baby is technically not real, it is possible that Ethan is killed by a heart attack from extreme fear when the creature seemingly devours him or the baby is actually Donna Beneviento herself. The creature is erased from existence after Ethan ends Donna's life with a stab in her eye. So you were wondering, I remember during the stream, you were like, right, I want to go back and see that baby. Is that baby still down there? And there's your answer. The baby is, was never there. And it wouldn't let me go back with. downstairs anyway. It yeah. locked the doors. Yeah. But I was really curious to see if the baby was still down there. And it wouldn't let me. So, all right. Good to know. Um so the game's what's broken really into- fucked up. What's really fucked up about this baby thing. Uh-huh. I like that because- we're really dwelling on the baby, but the baby was fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> like that it was is really definitely up. that is definitely the scariest point I've encountered of this game. The one that like really had me on edge. Part of it as well is because, like for instance, right now, like I'm getting alerts on my phone because Emily keeps waking up, not because of me, hopefully, but um, but she starts crying. So like in the middle of the night, she starts crying. This fucking baby in the game is crying and laughing and whatnot. And I'm already hearing that during the day. So now I hear it on the, the, the video game. Yeah. And then like tonight when I go to bed, maybe I'll be woken up to some crying or whatever. It's, I'm going to be having a really tough time (laughs) because this baby is going to haunt my dreams. And then I'm going to wake up and I'm going to hear that baby sound and it'll be my baby, but I won't even want to get up because I'll be frozen in fear. So, um, so this game really, they need to put a little warning for first time dads. You might not want to play this game. (laughs) I said that when I was playing, remember the, the baby was crying and chasing me. And I I think I said something like, this is giving me flashbacks to when my boy was a a baby. (laughs) Like, cause it was all the same stuff. (laughs) All those noises, man. And there's also a moment where you have to hide from the baby under the (gasps) bed. Yes. Yes. So, Mm -hmm. you figured that out way, way sooner. I I watched your stream. I I fast forwarded. I didn't have enough time to watch the whole thing, but I was really interested in seeing your interaction with that section of the game. So I fast forwarded it and watched it. And okay. I just wanted to let you know. I know I know what you did, but tell tell everybody. Yeah, I I got eaten so many times. <laughs> yeah. There's a section where you can you you're essentially cornered by this big baby coming to get you in a room, a bedroom. Yeah. And I saw immediately that you could go under it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to hide. But nothing was happening. See, I I didn't see that. 
on my screen that it was an, like an action that I could interact with it and go and hide under there. So as soon as I got in the bedroom, I'm like, oh man, I'm going to, I know this baby's going to come in. I've got nowhere to go. Maybe I can like zigzag, do like a serpentine pattern and like get around baby. No, not even possible. <laughs> you did so. not. I juked <laughs> the baby once or twice, but you can't do it in that room. <laughs> so yeah. So after getting eaten a few times and then I just stumbled upon the fact that I could hide in the bed, I was like, oh, it's, it's on now. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready. What never happened to me is I was always being chased by the baby. You would stay under there and hide until the baby left. And then the baby wasn't even there anymore. I never had that thing for me. The baby was always chasing me. I just lucked out. I, I think luck of the draw on that yeah. one. Like, really. I was like, Oh man, all you have to do is sit around and wait. And then the baby's not going to like bother you anymore. And I'm thinking I had the baby on my ass the whole fucking time. Like it was, I was, <laughs> I was always on the run. So, um, so yeah, it was funny watching you play versus how I play. It was very different. <laughs> yeah. And well, that brings me to what I was going to, to mention before. So there's, there's three sections, at least that we've experienced so far. So we have the village one we already talked about. We talked about this house that, that the, has the basement with the gross baby and you go upstairs and you fight the doll monster, which was surprisingly easy. To defeat her, you just stab her in I the agree. head three times. But well, it's, it's easier than it sounds. <laughs> about that, about that one, Rob. Neither of us encountered this, but I read up on it afterwards. If you don't find the doll soon enough, all of her doll friends come by and cut you up. Oh, they they'll team up on you. So if you like take too much the, time. the music starts. Yeah, the music starts to kind of like get more intense, and you kind of hear like a ticking clock. <coughs> And if time runs out between each of those times that she goes hiding and you don't find her in time, then all of her, her friends just start slashing you to bits. So, um, so we just happen to be really good in that section. At least we found her fast enough those three times, but if you're not fast enough, it's not as easy as it looks, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Um, and then the other main portion of the game is the castle castle. How do you say her name? Dimitrescu. Dimitrescu. Um, where you encounter the tall giantess mommy lady uh, that we've all been fascinated and obsessed with, in particular, <laughs> Shaf. Um, oh, yeah. But real quick, before we talk about that section of the game, you mentioned how, how you'd watch me play versus how you play and vice versa and how different we were. There was something you really interesting, at least to me, that you pointed out in our group chat where yeah. there's one particular puzzle in the castle where there are four angel statues that come up out of the ground and you have and they're missing their faces and as you progress through the game you find their faces but it doesn't tell you which statue it belongs to so you have to you have to solve this puzzle on the heads these missing heads if you flip them around you can see prongs so one might have one prong one might have two prong Three prong, four prong. And there's corresponding prongs on the statues, so you can decide that's where they go. Or the statues are making faces based on their the emotion of the statue, meaning the inscription on one statue say, this is the goddess of pleasure, this is the goddess of anger. And you can see, oh, this is the angry face, put it here. But I solved that based on the emotions, and you solved it based on the prongs. Yeah. And it didn't even occur to me to turn and look at the prongs. <laughs> on the back of that I was just like oh what face is this and there was another puzzle 
in this area where there's essentially a pool of blood that you have to solve a puzzle to make the, the, the pool empty and then a door opens up within the pool. Now that one I, I took care of pretty fast. I was the opposite really of, the, fast. of the, the shadow or not shadow. I was the opposite of the statue. That one took me a little longer, but you, you snuffed that one out initially. But that one, essentially you'd have four statues that you'd have to turn to face particular positions based on an inscription on the wall. It said, uh, women are blind to the, the gaze of men, but the poor look to the Duke. And I was like, okay, women don't, uh, or man, look at the women, women don't look at him. Poor people look at this guy yeah. <laughs> and boom, it was done. But you went yeah. back and forth on that one for a while. Oh my God. It took me, I was like, I probably spent a good five, 10 minutes just continually turning them different directions and even I, I did read the inscri- inscription, but I just but wasn't it just didn't click. It, it didn't click, yeah. And and I was watching you solve it so fast. I was like, damn, Wonder Rob's a fucking genius. But it's just it's really interesting how that I think that's the most cool part about us starting this stream is that we're both experiencing this crazy game together, but we're tackling it so differently. Like it's it's, it's true. Really interesting to watch. Um, the main castle. So you would say the baby, the baby doll area is scarier in your opinion than the castle, your experience in the castle. Um, yeah, there are elements in the castle that are scary. Um, I don't think the daughters are scary. I think that they're, um, uh, they were like quick jump scares. Like, Hey, yeah, I'm right here. <laughs> but they kind of, they kind of made their presence known. Like the, the music would change and then like you would see a bunch of insects. So there was, there was time to sort of figure out what you were doing. You knew you had to run and you knew you had to kind of get somewhere cause the music wouldn't stop and they wouldn't stop until you got to a certain spot. Um, same thing with lady Dimitrescu. Like she was really cool, a cool character, but I never really felt like super scared of her. It was more like, um, I just need to stay away from her because she's going to, you know, she's going to run. She's not going to run after you. Like there wasn't, she, she was kind of like, um, like Jason or, um, like Michael Myers, Michael Myers. Yeah. Yeah, Like they're not, they're not going to run at you. They're just going to walk with purpose towards you. And so you have to just stay a few steps ahead. Plus I quickly figured out like you did in the castle, there's that safe room and you can just constantly run in there to avoid any problems. Like I had an instance where she was on my ass about to get me. And I walked into that room and the Duke started talking to me because he's hanging out in there ready to sell me something. And she's meanwhile, like in the doorway, but she can't get through because now a cutscene has started and I'm also in the safe room. So it, it, it was just like perfect timing i just happened to pick the right room to go into i didn't realize at the time that it was like that so um and that's what tricked me with the baby (laughs) yeah yeah so uh so yeah i mean i think the castle's scariest moments are probably down in the basement uh with the all the blood and the the, wine everywhere yeah the blood wine like flooding that's happening down there like that was kind of freaky the dungeons um where you're going through a bunch of various jail cells. Like that was freaky to me. That was pretty scary. And the witches Um, coming out or whatever they were. When you're first, before you even get to the castle, when you're on the run, you've been captured by a character by the name Heisenberg. Heisenberg. Thank you. And he's sort of like the leader of the lichens, uh, the werewolves. Uh, You have, he gives you like a, a, 
certain like a 10 second yeah. head start before he's going to have all the werewolves kind of just eat your asshole and Dead. you have to Nine. run away. Yeah. I that, like that part scared the shit out of me. Plus like usually with a video game, you like to enjoy the environment. You want to look around, you want to try and like get various things. You can't even look at the environment or anything else. You're just like, I got to book it to get out of here. And so I felt, um, like very tense in those moments. <laughs> and it's a very, it's very, you mess up, you're dead. Yeah. The very first time I felt that sort of tense was Resident Evil 4. They had these bad guys in Resident Evil 4 who would come out with like, like uh, potato sacks over their heads with just little holes for the eyes. And they're coming at you with a chainsaw. And that was the first time I ever experienced this. I finally lost to one of these guys <laughs> And he hit me with a chainsaw, and I was like, man, this guy's going to drain my health. And no, this guy hits me with a chainsaw and cuts my head clean off, and I'm dead. <laughs> and that was the first time I ever experienced that in a Resident Evil game, where it's just instant, short of Nemesis from Resident Evil 2, but that's different. And <laughs> that that dread of, oh, don't let these characters near you, that's always like persisted with me in Resident Evil. Like They're going to mess you up. I got to tell you yeah. that scenario where you're just talking about where you're running from Heisenberg and you're you're handcuffed and you run down a long corridor with werewolves coming at you and then this giant uh giant I guess is the only way to describe him swings at you with your hammer and you slide down into this room and there's this giant spinning uh set of blades that are coming at you. Yes. I died at that part about five times <laughs> because there's a little nook in the corner that you have to go hide, but I didn't see it four times in a row or five times in a row. I didn't see it. Cause I kept thinking something I needed was in the little boxes that you could go to, but it wouldn't let you, Oh, it won't let you smash open the box. Cause your hands are tight. Or your hands right. It tricked me over and over again. And finally I just lucked my way out into that little area. I managed to survive that whole bit without The first dying. time. Yeah, on the first try. I watched you That's do it. I was like, I can't wait to watch Shuff die over and over in this area just like I did. And you just <laughs> blew past it like it was nothing. I was like, man, I sucked at this part. <laughs> this part really um, got me. <laughs> I will tell you, there was one part that I watched your stream. Um, this was after you finished the house, Bene Beneviento, uh, the dollhouse area. Um, and you went back to the gravestone where there's a treasure yep. buried inside and you were surprised to find a giant with a huge ax, um, to take yeah. down. He was kind of like nowhere. a giant, like a troll dude. And he just came out of nowhere. I have never gone back that way. And I, I, I didn't have that, that piece of the gravestone slab. I didn't have that. So I have yet to do that. So I was watching your stream. I was like, what's he going back there for? Oh, he's going to try and get that treasure. I was like, I was unable to get that treasure. I'm wondering what, what did you do differently? And then you get there and this giant fucking dude comes down and he's swinging his huge ax at you. And I was so impressed. You were armed to the teeth with explosives. You had like five or six pipe bombs and remote mines or yeah. proximity mines. I should say, um, man, it was fun watching you take on that guy. <laughs> I know, because I would keep picking up those pipe bombs or I'd craft them and then I would never use them. I'd be like, 
this is Resident Evil. I'm going to need to hold on to these because <laughs> I know how this game works. It gets progressively and progressively worse with the bad guys that you're encountering. <laughs> so I was like, I'm not. I'm just going to make them. I'm going to hold on to them. Unless I was just having fun. Every once in a while, I'd throw it at, at a werewolf and be like, here you go, suckers. When there's like right. three of them standing next to each other or something like that. <laughs> oh, so, so that was fun to watch. And now I'll have to go back and uh, and do that now that I know about it. But um, so that was fun to watch. Um, you mentioned talking about in the, I think it was Resident Evil 4, you were saying how you were trying to avoid guys because that one dude chopped your head off with a chainsaw. Instant right? kills. There would be yeah. characters that would kill you instantaneously. There's stuff that happens in this game that, to, to Ethan specifically, to his hands specifically, that it's amazing that all it takes is this, like, I don't know, this first rubbing alcohol, r- rubbing alcohol. <laughs> um, and it just, you know, heals him on site. I mean, within minutes of the game, as far as like what you're doing in the game, you lose two fingers. Yeah. He loses two fingers. He gets stabbed through the gut by Lady Demiscrew. That's not directly related to his hand. Um, he gets his hand, his other hand, chopped clean off. Yeah. By Lady Demiscrew. I don't know how you say her name. Dimitrescu. Uh, Dimitrescu. And then my favorite part of the game, I was laughing so hard on the stream, <laughs> is that he gets his hand back. Eventually, you find your hand. And it's still guy, connected to the lever that he was. Yeah, he gets it. And he puts it, he pours a bunch of rubbing alcohol on his arm and then puts the hand back. And then very slowly the hand just heals and it's back. <laughs> well, but the like, funny why part is. Why did you even cut his hand off? Yeah, well, the, yeah, exactly. There's no stakes. Like, what the funny part to me is that not only does it heal the hand, but it also restitches the fabric. Oh, perfect. It was perfectly reattached, the fabric. <laughs> And it's not, he's wearing two layers. Like it's like a shirt and then it's also like the sleeve of the jacket. Oh yeah. This guy. Both parts. It's so funny. He, he's invincible, man. Like he, he takes a beating in this game and he's dumb, man. (laughs) Like he does, he says the dumbest stuff and makes the dumbest decisions. So I kind of feel like maybe there's more to this. Like it seems comical right now, but I think there might be more to Ethan than we know, or at least than I know. Um, the fact that he's able to survive so much of this. Like, I feel like there's more to it. It's not just some magic fluid that, that heals him. Maybe there's something else going on. I don't know. Maybe, but I mean, it's a good game. We're only about halfway through it so far. Uh, I fully intend to keep playing it and, and completing this game. So I have a, I have a series of questions for you shop. Number one, now that your obligation is completed, are you going to continue playing this game? (laughs) (laughs) Um, the answer is yes, but not in the same way, at least not in the same intent of like committing all of my free time to it. Like I would like to chip at it, chip away at it slowly. Um, and you know, when I'm feeling in the mood to play it, but I don't think I'll be beating it like anytime immediately soon. Um, (laughs) but I I definitely found it, it, an interesting game and I'm already so far into it that I kind of want to see how it ends. If I don't end up ever beating it, you, I will definitely go in and check out like spoilers on the story and stuff because I am intrigued. I'm at this point, I'm really intrigued because what's gone down is, is some pretty, well, you can watch stuff. my streams cause I intend to stream 
the entire thing. Uh, my next question is it on the table in any sort of possibility to get you to go back and play Resident Evil 7? <laughs> Which, in my uh, opinion, is scarier. Yeah. At least so no. far. <laughs> at least so far, it's scarier, but it's a different kind of scary. It's more, like I said, this is more like. I can't really describe what movies this are like, but Resident Evil 7 feels more like The Grudge or The Ring. Or actually, let me, let's do this. They have a demo out for Resident Evil 7, which is just, it's not direct directly related to the story. It is, but it isn't. It's not, it's not like the demo for Resident Evil 8 where it was just a portion of the game. It's like, it's a, it's in a setting where the game is, but you're playing a separate character and you just go through like, you know, 30 minutes of whatever this person's story is. And that's the demo. Okay. I'd like to watch you play that demo at the very least. That would be available. That's on the PlayStation store. It's on the PlayStation store, or at least it was when resident evil seven came out. We'd have to check and see if that demo is still available. Okay. If it's still there, then I will agree to that. All right. I'll play the demo. Yeah. Yes. I can't wait. Well, (laughs) uh, loyal listeners, uh, give it up for Shaf, who is a virgin. Also, he's never played a, a, a vi- oh, sc- <laughs> I ruined that joke. <laughs> I was going to say you're a virgin, but I was implying for sex, not for horror video games. Right. I screwed up the whole thing. Give it up for Shaf for being a horror game virgin, for stepping out of his comfort zone to play this game, a series that I really love, and I've thoroughly enjoyed watching him play and if he continues to stream it i'm gonna watch it too oh uh, if i do play i'll definitely stream yeah I'm, I'm really enjoying the twitch thing um i'm surprised it took me this long to get into it because uh, twitch has been around for <laughs> for a very long time um and i mean we're not gonna be like on the level of amaranth or pewdiepie or, or whatever or yeah like i mean none of us are showing our tits um in bikinis so not yet it's not like we're yeah Plus, we don't have webcams yet, and we got to get webcams so we can be legit streamers. Yeah, but maybe we'll do we'll do some. It takes two. We're about halfway through. It takes two, and it takes yeah, we two should... is just ripe for the streaming. Yeah, we'll have to do that. Uh, maybe next week we'll do some. We'll we'll announce it on social media so people have a chance to to go ahead and, and tune in um, and check it out. Um, Wonder Rob, I, I wanted to shoot some facts at you about Resident Evil real quick. <gasps> I don't know if you know this. Okay, hit me. I might, I might blow your mind. Surprise facts. I love surprise facts. Yeah. Did you know that Resident Evil in Japan, the game is actually called Biohazard? That I did know. Yes. Did you know that when it was brought to the U.S., there were concerns that they would never be able to get that name trademarked? So they decided to go for something else, and they held an internal contest to decide what the new name would be, and the name was chosen Resident Evil. Um, now apparently this was supposed to be a play on the fact that the first game takes place in a mansion. Oh, that I did not know. Now, further insight, this is really interesting. If you translate Resident Evil from English to Japanese, you get the Japanese word biohazodo. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. So basically, I was always wondering, like, why is it called Resident Evil? It's such kind of like a weird play on words. Like, I don't, does it really make sense? Um, But knowing that it's actually, that's not really what it was. So, uh, yeah, Biohazard, which is funny because Resident Evil 7's subtitle, isn't it Biohazard? 
Yeah, I think so. So Biohazard 7, Biohazard. Or it might be the opposite <laughs> in Japan, Biohazard 7, Resident Evil. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> when it. we go to Japan, I'll find out when we do our, our <laughs> show live from Japan. All right, folks. <laughs> well, that'll do it for this week's episode of Geek So To Speak podcast. Thank you so much for sticking with us because we certainly had a good time uh, falling victim to Lady titty monster in resident evil probably the one highlight of the game that we didn't talk about <laughs> but we really enjoyed that too we had a lot of fun with that but anyway thank you thank you thank you thank you if you're not already subscribed go ahead and hit that subscribe button on whatever platform it is you're listening to us on uh leave us a review leave us some kind words because we'll give you a shout out on the show and it helps us grow and don't you want to be a good person uh so leave us a review unless you're a bad person if you yeah. are looking to find us on social medias, well, first and foremost, we just spent uh, the last 45 minutes talking about it. So you can find us on Twitch. Uh, you can find Shoff on Twitch. Geek So To Speak Shoff, S-H-O-F-F on Twitch. You can find our shared page uh, right now, which only has videos of me streaming, but we'll soon have videos of Shoff streaming also. Simply Geek So To Speak podcast on Twitch. Uh, if you're looking to find us personally on social medias well you can find my co-host and best friend Shoff on facebook and instagram at Shoff vo that's s-h-o-f-f-v-o voice over you can find me at wonder rob w-o-n-d-e-r-r-o-b on instagram and twitter you can find our corrections department mark vibbert on instagram and twitter again m-a-r-c-v-i-b-b-e-r-t uh, if you want to give us any sort of suggestions for the shows, anything for us to watch, review, geek movie torture, news articles to talk about, anything in between, just drop us a line at geek, so to speak, podcast at gmail.com. Next week, Shaf, we've been bombarded with superhero shows, Invincible's out and finished, Jupiter's Legacy, I think that's what it's called, right? Yeah. For yep. a second, I thought I effed that up. No, Jupiter's Legacy is also on Netflix. We don't have enough time to watch both of these shows and review them. So what we're going to do is we're going to do a Clash of the Titans. We're going to talk about Invincible versus Jupiter's Legacy next week. We're going to compare the pilot episodes for both and see which one is going to get our time based on the pilot episodes. So tune in for that next week. Any final words, yes. Shaf? Um... Daddy, mommy. No. Yummy. Get away from me, baby. I'm not your dad. <laughs> goo, goo, gaga. Fuck you, baby. Yeah, that was the best part. Fuck you, baby. That's how you I keep yelling it. that. <laughs> I was doing I was like, that those, subconsciously. Those are three words that should never be a sentence together. <laughs> I didn't realize I was yelling that until I went back and watched my own stream after you pointed it out. And I laughed heartily. Fuck you, baby. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, that's that's all we've got for you. All right, folks, we will see you next week. Same geek time. Same geek channel. <laughs> no more giant babies. I am vetoing giant babies from the show from now on. You guys are fucking lame.
key into a box. Mother's story, that's what it is. Let me, let me. I'm getting my steps in. That's that's a tube. Let's just follow the tube. Where's it going? Whatever it is, they tied it. Tied it in half. That doesn't make sense. Start. 